Still rocking a goatee, though. I like it. I, I Did I tell you why I can't cut it? Uh, Maybe originally, you, but now I can't remember. Did you lose a bet? No, so I, I decided to try it out because the full beard was getting too much. So I was like, oh, I've never had a goatee, so I did that. And then the next day I had a meeting with a doctor, and the doctor told me, he's like, Ian, that looks real sharp, so now I can't cut it because he complimented <laughs> me. <laughs> it does look good. Thanks. You should you should turn it into one of like the old timey mustaches on top. So you take it all the way out and you like curl it up at the ends. I'm letting it grow, so we're gonna see what happens. I'm hoping to braid it down below. <laughs> if you did both, uh, look like the dude that. from Static X. If I could, yeah, that, no, that's that's kind of my inspiration. Him and some wrestlers I've seen. <laughs> but I was actually disappointed because I remembered when I like cut it all off. I was like, "Fuck, that was my one chance to have starburns." Oh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Well, I've been thinking just going, like, letting it grow back again, keeping the goatee, but just adding full mutton chops. <laughs> and then go. since I can't get a haircut, I'm, my plan, I'm going to try to get that yogur mullet from the 90s. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> and just rock that and see how long I can live that lifestyle. I mean, the top you of the right kind of reminds me it. of yogur. So that's that that's the thing, yeah. yeah. If I put the right product in, I think I can pull it off, but I just... <laughs> I just need to shut down to go on for another while, because <laughs> my hair starts getting just thick and not long at this point. So if you if you grow the 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 mutton from Yager, how are you going to show it off if you don't leave the house? I have meetings. So just show it off on the webcam all the time. Yeah, and then I'll I'll go outside for groceries. They can't see my cool ass goatee, but they can see my mullet. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and the Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is everyone's favorite pirate, Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? We have our returning video game correspondent, Matt Nickel. Good to be back. And he's the slowest bro I know, Darth Slowbro, Mike Bradley. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just a gamer tag. I mean, It's the best reference I had at short notice. But I, I, w- I will say... You can catch me on Rare Achievements at twitch.tv slash Rare Achievements. We're going to be chasing down the rarest achievements in video games, guys. We're starting with Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That'll be this Wednesday, but for you guys, it'll probably be a last week on Wednesday when you hear this. <laughs> Truth. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to see if we can clear the tunnels with only a 1911. Should be interesting. That one I can actually say I've done. 0. 0.68% <laughs> of gamers. Yeah. Uh, finally, and shout out to uh, Evan on Facebook for not only being one of our 20 listeners, but also giving our last guest the nickname of Leroy the Dream Killer, Ian Leidick. I'm better than you, and you know it. Check me out on twitch.tv slash Bars. Tell me that's a real thing. That, is that real? You have a Twitch yeah. account now with that? Very real. Streaming right now. What are, you, what are you streaming right now as we record this? Check it out. Go look. I, you're going to make me multitask in the middle of recording? I'll have to visit it later. I'm not going to do that right now. That's a Valorant streamer. <laughs> so it's not Ian, or it is Ian streaming Valorant yeah, is, right that now? That is, I mean, that's not Ian. <laughs> that you know of. 
It's a young Asian lady. <laughs> That's a good persona, Ian. Thank you. I'm getting into the virtual YouTube business. <laughs> uh, all right. So since it seems like the only news and updates we keep getting are from video games, we've got another video game episode for you. Uh, this time we're going to talk about the Xbox Games Showcase. And I also feel like first I, I kind of have to uh, apologize for anyone that followed the original link that I put on Facebook for the showcase. So this was like a day after the show. Eric texts me and says, hey, I caught up on the showcase. It wasn't bad, but that narrator was annoying as fuck. And I'm like, what narrator? So I checked the video, and sure enough, there's someone narrating everything that you are watching. So he's like, you know, Xbox logo. Master Chief is on screen. Master Chief runs around. Master Chief grapples. Master Chief shoots a bunch of enemies. I didn't even realize this is what was happening. I tried putting up the show after it was live and uh, Xbox's YouTube had a bunch of different versions in different languages. And I picked the first one I saw with English. What I didn't realize at the time that was, it was the English with descriptive audio version. So there was a narrator for the entire <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> so I've updated the link if anyone came to watch it later. So that first 24 hours that it was up, it was probably very, very weird trying to decide why there was a narrator. And I don't know, maybe I'll let you guys be the judge. I don't know, if, I told this to Eric. I don't know who looks worse. Me for posting the video without looking at the description, or Eric who watched the entire fucking thing without questioning why there was a narrator for the whole thing. Well, Eric probably just assumed that's what the new xCloud service brings. <laughs> it just narrates your gameplay regardless of what you're playing. That's that's the future. That's what Stadia showed us. <laughs> Stadia. Oh, <laughs> all it would say for me is, oh, died again. Oh, died again. Oh, died again. <laughs> if we could turn it on and off. I'm in. Keep that you, yeah. Fun. Somehow keep you know keep people invested watching you for all the slow moments when you're not talking. Well, yeah. I mean, imagine you, they could give it different voices. You could get Samuel not Jackson true. narrating your games. Yeah. You know. Um. All right. So we're gonna try to cover the event. So Xbox uh, showed us some more games coming to Xbox One and Xbox Series X. They did not use this opportunity to talk more about the console, other Xbox services like Live or XCloud. Um, and they still haven't announced a price point. So this event was basically all about the games. One thing they did mention uh, was that all the games that were shown will be available on Game Pass, which I think is actually a pretty big deal, considering the amount of stuff that they covered. Um, so getting into the event, sort of what we do for other events like this that we cover, we're not going to cover every single game that was shown. Uh, what we'll do is we'll sort of go around to every person, talk about what caught their attention from the show, uh, we're slightly changing the format a little bit, so basically we're gonna we're gonna talk about one game at a time. So we're gonna toss it to one person. They're gonna talk about one game they want to. We'll toss to the next person. They're gonna talk about one game they want to, and we're just gonna go around, sort of like how we do our top ten countdowns uh, when we get to those lists. Um, so we'll be covering you know the games that caught our attention in no particular order. We have our order determined who's going to talk first and whatnot. So we'll we'll get to that. But so before we get to the to the games and going around the horn, uh, I want to quickly. I guess kind of go around the horse any, anyway, but uh, give your general overall impressions of the event. Did it Was it good? Was it bad? Did it hold your attention? That kind of thing. Well, I thought as a uh, hour-long commercial for Game Pass, it was pretty good. <laughs> That's uh, a good way to describe it, yeah. <laughs> as for the showing itself, I thought it was competent. Uh, you know, I, I think it hit all the notes it needed to, but it wasn't all that exciting either, I'd say overall. Um, you know, we'll get into it, but, you know, there's only one standout game for me that, uh, I saw that I'll talk about in a little bit. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I don't mean to rag on it too much. Like I said, I thought it was okay, but not 
super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't blow me away by any means. I found myself like actually not paying attention at a bunch of points, you know, <laughs> just kind of like that, da, da, looking over here. Oh shit. No, what is he doing now? Okay. Yeah. So it just, I don't know. A lot of the games that they were previewing didn't really do anything to want me to even try to even look them up and try them. So fair. Yeah. I feel the same way. It was, you know, I was hoping at some point there was going to be some major reveal of something that we didn't know anything about, that there was no rumors about, that there was nothing you expected that was like, and this will be available at launch, or, you know, like in something they managed to keep under wraps that's a huge thing. Yeah. And I feel like we didn't get that. I don't want anything at launch, because launch games always suck. <laughs> but I think there were a lot of... a lot of The thing was with this, a lot of the games I'm most excited for had very short showings. So it's more of what I believe will happen with them that makes me the most excited about it. Yeah. And then at the same time, a couple of these made me think, I want to go back to... There's some of these were sequels. I want to now revisit that original game and see how that played to see if I'm that I'm into that game. So okay. I'll know, I think that's a lot of... Why my, I'm excited is to go back to what's the past in this case. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, they're definitely trying to play up the nostalgia, especially with, like, Halo and stuff like that. Sure. Speaking uh, of. Yeah, well, yeah, that's probably where we're going to end up starting. Um, but I, I agree with what these guys said. I think the, I think the show itself was a little underwhelming. I think the, the one game that I was the most excited about coming out of it was the one game I knew they were going to talk about, which, again, was Halo. There wasn't a lot that, that surprised me. I didn't... I, I, I'm like Mike. I wanted them to give us something that was a surprise, that was like the old shit moment of, this is happening, we're going to get this in two months type of thing. And it wasn't there for me. And maybe just because they're not really forcing you to upgrade right off the start, they're not really pushing for for new killer apps for the for the next console um but you know maybe maybe that's you know a year down the line after the console's out in people's hands we'll, we'll finally get stuff like that but for as an event for a console launch type of thing this it was very underwhelming to me um so we'll all right so we're gonna dive into the games now so ian got first pick for this so ian lead us off whatever game you want to talk about first so if you listen back to my intro, you'll know why I'm starting. And the first game I'm going to talk about is Halo. So I want to start with this trailer. There's that very beginning showing that armor being made. I'd watch a whole modern Marvels episode of them making Spartan armor. <laughs> I just want to point out there, Bungie was very good at putting out trailers that really explored the universe, like without the gameplay. And yeah. I think 343 did a good job at the beginning of this, just setting the tone for here's some fucking Halo. And I was like, hell yeah, that's some Halo. <laughs> and then we get into the actual gameplay. They go through some classic weapons we've seen before, assault rifles and pistols, and then they give us some new ones, like the, I forget what the one was called, but it like, it just graded enemies. It was called like the Grader, something like that. Yeah. Some bullshit like that. And then we hit the Carbine was brought back, it was a modified version of the Carbine, no Needler, which was disappointing. But Doesn't the big thing they there. showed us, that's very true. <laughs> We haven't heard yet if there's a billion guns, but I can only imagine they did they did not say that. So there's a chance there's a billion guns in this, just like in Borderlands. But they did show us it's going to be an open world. It's going to be an open world game where you pick out different missions to go to, which is something they've never done before, which I think can open up a lot of new gameplay opportunities, which they also showed us with the grappling hook, which looks cool as hell. And with Halo, like, melee finishers has always kind of been a big deal in single-player and multiplayer, finish them off with the quick melee, and now you can grapple to them and fucking 
burst their shit up. <laughs> Did they have to confirm in any way that it is open world? Because that was my impression too, but I don't know if they actually said that anywhere in the I, game. They never said that, but I mean, it's open world. Okay. Yeah, when they, looked, the when, biggest... when they looked at the map, it... You're seeing the, they yeah, mentioned seeing the Halo as it, as it properly should be explored. It's going to go anywhere on that ring. Yeah, yeah I could have sworn they said that it was going to be open world. They They made mention, I thought of like, you know, you have the the option to pick the missions you want to play. So I don't know if they ever know, they, said it, they, but it's so heavily implied that it would be weird that it's right. not. And that yeah, that's sort of where I'm leaning to. So all right, so we're on the same page. There's a rumor um, that I heard just today on Review Tech USA that you know their original plan for Halo Infinite was to be a completely open world. You could literally go anywhere on the ring. And they said about midstream when they changed the engine from Unreal Engine Four to um. Uh, the new engine's slipping my mind right now. Uh, they decide to pair that back a little, where um, it's going to be a little more guided, but still plenty of open worldness to it, okay. for lack of a better term. Okay. So I would expect, you know, definitely the most open Halo ever, but hopefully a little more guided, you know, for people that want a more traditional single player campaign. Story focused um, stuff. So I hope that, yeah, I hope that rumor turns out true, because I, I think that. Yeah, that could be a very interesting take. Yeah, I think more, especially that kind of environment. Like, the ring was always really cool, seeing the different places of it, and just being able to, just having the freedom to just hop in a warthog and drive around whenever the fuck you feel like it is awesome. Oh, yeah, and those skyboxes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, speaking of the warthog, the driving looked crisp was... as fuck. It did. Yeah, that, it really the driving did. looked amazing compared to the way warthogs used to drive. I think they just had someone good doing it. I'm pretty sure it controls the same fucking way. <laughs> well, we'll see. Why we'll would see. you ever change that? That's, yeah. It's, it's I don't so know, ingrained. because it was not the best before. Like, the yeah, but that's, Halo that's was the not... fun. It's the fun. Okay, but I feel like if you're going to have like the open world traversal, maybe you need a better No, you get that chink-ass so thing. That chink-ass warthog, and there's going to be one mission where you have to drive it for an uncomfortably long time, and you're going to fuck up doing it because it's a chink-ass warthog. (laughs) Well, whether it was a skilled person or not, the driving looked cool. So it was either because the person was good or because the driving mechanics are improved. We'll find out, I guess, over time. The other big thing I think they showed when they did have the menu open, there was a tab for upgrades. So it looks like you're going to be able to earn upgrades during the single-player campaign uh, okay. to improve your character. I'm wondering if they're going to go do like a Doom 2016 system where you upgrade your Spartan armor and weapons over time or how they'll handle that. Hopefully it's not just more armor, more health. Like, you know, something a little cooler with different things the weapons could do, like Doom really kind of focused on, I believe. Well, I mean, the grappling hook reminded me a lot of Doom as well. Like, well, but Doom Eternal in, like, the Super Shotgun's grappling hook in that game, it seemed to be able to function very similar, where it's kind of like turn, pull yourself to an enemy, blast away at them, or melee them down, whatever, and then you could just keep on moving. Um, If they do it right, it can add a much faster pace to the combat. And then one thing I've been thinking about since watching the trailer, and you're, if you if they do have like they've had for, I think for every Halo game the four player co op campaign, and you're all in that warthog, can you do some sick ass turns with everyone grappling hook something like in one direction, like riding that warthog? That would be real cool to see. That would be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I hope so. Now I hadn't thought of it before. Right, I, I am but... assuming that they are doing 
four player co-op just because like again that's yeah. something they didn't explicitly say but it's been in the last couple of halo games well, that i feel like it did, has to be didn't they specifically mention with infinite that couch co-op was coming back yeah i heard two player couch co-op and four player online okay all right, so I missed that if they did say that somewhere. So I mean, again, I remember like sort of assumed, this is like they might have last out. year. Like, yeah, okay. This is like right. a long time ago. Originally, when they were talking about Halo Infinite, they said Couch Co-op was coming back. Okay. And I think like with this, it's it's kind of going back almost to like the original Halo in a sense. Like I think Halo's environments are always the best on the rings themselves. That's yeah. where I think the games really flourish. So I'm happy we're back there, and we'll find out why. Because I didn't play five, so I have no fucking clue what's going on story-wise. Yeah, I might have to play five myself now. I haven't played it either. I feel like five, I think play, it's on five is games, good. So five, five is good. I, I, I liked five a lot better than four. Um, but it's well, also been good. a while since I've played that campaign that I feel like I do need a refresher on what the hell was going on at the end of five. I might just rush through all five of them. I'll I've recently played the first three, but I would replay them. Get some rare chibis. Yeah, I mean, well, that's. <laughs> That's definitely something we could lasso it. Iron Man, Iron Man, um, legendary. Oh god! <laughs> that's the only thing that sucks about going back and playing like some of the original Halos is like there's no sprint. That fucks me up so hard now <laughs> playing modern games. What? Well, no sprint in the ADS. That's oh uh, right, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. You, you try to ADS so often. Like I just recently Throw I played and one, shit. two, and three, and yeah, le- left trigger was a grenade, and I'm like, oh. Damn it, and yeah. I can't tell you how many dozens of times I did that throughout that campaign. So just these, the lack of ADS is so fucked up. But I mean, that's nice just because I'm good. I have to, I have to like set all my keybinds the same now, so every the game plays the same. <laughs> that's yeah, actually, so you have the option to do that, so that's nice. Yeah. Well, doesn't the um, Xbox Elite Two have that? Yeah, it's yeah, not you as, can set your keybinds. Not as crisp. It's it, you got to like go into another app and make sure that the buttons you're setting or the or the buttons you need to change in the in the game itself. It's it's a little disjointed. It's not as smooth as I would like. It does function. Yeah. On on PC, it depends on the game. Like some games will have that right in the game for you. Other times, you'll have to go and set things separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In like your keyboards settings. I remember the uh, original Xbox, and I haven't seen this feature since, and I loved it, and I wish it would come back. The ability to set um, your sticks to inverted by default as a system-wide yes. setting. Yes. You know, no. First thing I no. do every That's single no. game now is flip Get the, the, flip fuck the out sticks. This I'm with you, Matt. I'm with you. <laughs> inverted for life. That's oh, right. I see. We got awful. some people that got it right. <laughs> When you switch off a controller of one of these filthy inverted people... Oh, it I just love fucks it. you it up fucks, for five yeah, seconds. It fucks him up so bad. Oh, or the or, or with a controller with a bumper jumpers. Up. That's natural. <laughs> oh, <God>. Bumper jumpers <laughs> drive me insane. <laughs> I'm physically ill right now. Andy, I think you got to be the deciding vote here: inverted or not inverted. Not inverted. Fuck that shit. Oh, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> if you're not flying, if you're not flying, not you can't defend inverted. If you're flying in the game, all right, I'll let it go. Yeah, but for yeah. a shooter, no, fuck that. See, it's Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. They defaulted that way. Sticks to the end. And they did it wrong. Oh. Well, yeah. it's, it stuck with me. After all those years of playing that for hours and hours and hours, it just stuck with me. I had to go that way. Do we way. need to bring the joystick back to the middle fucking thing of the controller? <laughs> no. No, they did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to start arguing the, the layout of the N64 controller. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Retronauts. <laughs> um, Ian, you got anything else to add or we'll open it up for everybody else here? Uh, to finish, it was a Halo-ass Halo. 
That's good description. I hope they put that on the poster. They probably did. <laughs> um, anybody else want to chime in for Halo? Uh, the only thing I would say is I've seen a lot of negative feedback coming from people about the textures in the game not looking great and all this. And it it's a, I mean, it's months away. This is not a finished product. This is probably something they recorded or, or like some sort of build of the game from months before this. Right. Yeah. This was like this wasn't even something they did live. This was a build they edited. Yeah, I mean, it's th- this is not what the game is going to look like finished. It'll be better looking than it looked. Yeah. I mean, I just don't well, judge 4K textures. 60 frames per second. That's the. I think it's hard to communicate over a compressed stream, but I think you know once you see it in that 4K 60 frames per second locked, you'll you'll have more of that wow factor. Uh, yeah, yeah but I can't fault you. the people. I can't fault the people uh, talking down on the graphics. You know, kind of like the presentation itself. I thought the Halo graphics looked good. I don't think there was anything terrible about them, but there was nothing like, "Wow, I'm looking at the next generation." Either, right. You know. it but I think like, that looked the... like a good revamp of Halo One. Yes, but I think uh, that's the whole problem with this generation. I don't think the hardware has moved far enough for us to get that anymore. We're there's just we're not there anymore. Where it's giant philosophical leaps in graphics that's just we haven't yeah. pushed the hardware that much like even on the pc you know there's just nothing well, I, I feel like there's just not like it sounds weird but i don't feel like there's that big a leaps left to take it's yes. in terms of like graphical resolution it's just yeah no, I agree. there's only I, so far you can go until it's real life in your hands on screen and <laughs> I mean, that's what people thought vr was going to give us that next jump but we're still not there on vr yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've heard a lot of talk about, you know, it's going to be the AI, sound design, things like that that are going to be more noticeable in this upcoming generation, which I 100% believe. Like, I'm on board and I can't wait to see those things. But you know, to Mike's point and Ian's point, it's there's not each successive generation, the, the graphical leaps are harder to show because they're genuinely smaller leaps. And it's harder to communicate, you know, in a in a you know, compressed YouTube video. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they say, wait till you get it into your hands, it'll be blown away. I don't think that's just marketing speak. I, I, well, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. And, and I think a, a, a big portion of what we're going to see with this generation is you're going to have a lot less loading times. Loading screens, you're going to have seamless worlds that are popped up in front of you as opposed to go to this area, do this thing, and then hit a loading screen, go to this area, do this thing, hit a loading screen. It's going to be seamless. And the amount of, so like those things exist now, but generally speaking, the games that exist now, like Dark Souls uses a seamless world like that, but you don't have the graphical fidelity in a game like Dark Souls that you do in other things. The textures aren't as detailed up close, and this generation is going to open that up to where you're not going to hit a loading screen and things are going to be loaded from further away. So when you're walking up to something, it's just getting closer to it. It's not actually watching it load in gradually as you get closer. Um, I think that's a, a, a big difference that we'll start to notice. Uh, Andy, you got anything you want to add? Uh, it looks exciting. Uh, I haven't played uh, Halo since Halo 4, so... Um... So you skipped out on 5, too. Yeah, I, I mean, 4 was okay, but it didn't like blow my mind or anything like that. So is Halo 5 an Xbox One game? Yes. Okay. 
I didn't it get should my. Be, I think you said you have Game Pass, right? It should be on Game Pass. Okay. Well, I didn't get my Xbox One until way later, so that, that's probably why. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think the whole Halo collection is on Game Pass, even. Like I, the, I would assume all the first. Yeah, party the Master stuff. Chief collection is. Yeah. 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 And then five. I think it works now. That though. Well, yeah. I don't. I, I bought the Master Chief collection when it first went up for sale because it was like thirty bucks, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna buy that." And then they put it on Game Pass like a year later. But yeah, I think, I think five, five is separate from it. Five's pretty good. I do remember sinking a lot of time into five. One thing I liked about five, and I think you know they did it with uh, with like Reach, and then I think they did it more in uh, I can't remember if it was in four, but they definitely brought it back for five. It was like the firefight mode where you get uh, your yeah. like you know survive the waves of enemies type mode. of thing. Yeah. yeah. So that was always fun to do. I played a, was, a lot of time into that stuff. That was fun in ODST, especially. Yes. Yeah, that was where it started. Um. And, you know, something that I know they did it a lot more. I think they leaned into it a lot more in five was like the, the armor customization where, mm-hmm. you know, you get coins or some sort of currency for playing matches. You use the, it, it was a whole like loot, not loot box, but I guess more, more or less loot box, but you build up currency to, for like these cards, you buy a card pack and it gives you like armor upgrades or skins for guns and stuff. So there's a little bit of that, like just customizing how your character looks like the Spartan armor and how your guns look and stuff. So that was kind of cool. I like, I like customization like that. So I'm wondering if they'll keep, keep leaning towards that and give us more stuff. I mean, at this point, the next one might just be like some sort of online store for customization stuff like games are doing now. See, I like so that it reach a lot because you would unlock like points to spend to unlock the armor but then that armor carried over to the single player campaign right yeah that was really i think cool which is much harder to do when you're master chief and not noble one but right yeah um yeah anybody else have anything for for halo happy the grunts are back yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did get the the one instance of the suicider mm-hmm. you got that we got the like <laughs> you know classic grunt yell um, I know we didn't get to me my meme yet, but this was this was my most anticipated game. Halo is the one I was looking forward to. This is the one I was excited about. So from there on, it's all like all kind of downhill for me. Like there's a little, couple other things I'm excited about, but well, not, this is the one much. I knew was coming. But there was one I was thinking might come, and then it came. We'll Did, talk about that one. I'm sure. Yeah, maybe who knows? Somebody's list. I might not um, have it on mine. <laughs> uh, all right. So second up, we got Matt. So Matt, what is your first game you'd like to talk about? Sure, you know, I, there was one game in particular, only one, unfortunately, that made me say, wow, this looks next generation. Like, I could see how this is only possible in a new platform, and that was the medium. Um, I don't know if anyone here is into horror games. I, I like them. Um, but from a technical perspective, that was the game where they are rendering two worlds at the same time. You know, if, if you've seen the trailer, you know, it's a woman that... Um, She's a medium, has psychic, you know, psychic ability, and from the trailer it looked like she's walking in, you know, a dilapidated real world or like our world, and then you could seamlessly switch between that and you know more of like a hellish nightmare type of world. Uh, you know, the it showed a lot of side by side comparisons of you know both worlds at the same time, and you know. Mike had mentioned the SSD, you know, I, I could picture, you know, streaming all the assets for both those worlds simultaneously, you know, quickly because of the SSD. Uh, so to me, you know, gameplay, there wasn't a lot shown, you know, I, I think you could probably 
take a good guess um, as to some of the gameplay and, you know, picture how some of the puzzles would work where perhaps, you know, you do something in the quote-unquote real world that gets reflected in the hell world and, and vice versa. Um, but in terms of, you know, like I said, raw excitement, you know, in terms of what I could see only being possible on, you know, the Series X or PC, uh, the medium is definitely my pick for the game of the show. Yeah, I'll give you that. I, I'm not big in the... I don't play much horror games. I can't say I don't play any. Um, but yeah, the genre itself is not one that I typically dabble in a lot. But I will say, I agree, that that trailer for just showing the, the simultaneous rendering like that did... what It made me stand up and be like, okay, this is where we're headed. It, it Sort of like the, the Ratchet & Clank game is like hyping to do. You can sort of like portal to other worlds just on a whim. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it, I think it reminded me of um, like Halo Anniversary, where uh, or Halo Two Anniversary, where you could you could with the click of a button, it shows you what the original Halo Two looked like, and then you can hit the button again, and you're on on the updated Anniversary Edition, and it's seamless. So I would imagine something like that, and yeah, just the processing power to do something like that is is great, and having the the ability to to go back and forth on a whim is just it's a really cool aesthetic. Yeah, so hopefully the gameplay uh, matches the the aesthetic there. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I you know, hopefully uh, it comes out sooner rather than later. But did they give a release date for that? I don't think so. Um, you know, one thing I tried to look out for was you know at the bottom of the screen whether things were Xbox One, Series X, and PC, or just Series X and PC. Because um, I believe Microsoft said that for the first two years or so, roughly. Um, at least first party, if not third party as well, had to run on both ecosystems. Yeah. So things that were labeled as only for Series X and PC, I assume, are at least late 2021 or if not later. Right. Uh, off the hand, I'm not sure where the medium falls in that category. Though. If, if I had to guess... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Matt's probably on the right track. that it for, for a tech demo for what the Series X is supposed to do, that it probably isn't going to release for the Xbox One, so it's probably at least a year or two out. If I had to guess based on that, I would say you guys are wrong about it because you can already pre-order it um, on hey, Xbox's like own website. You can order it now. It's fifty dollars. It's forty nine ninety nine. I'm wondering how if it's going to be able to do what it too cheap. But yeah, you can, well, you, it says too. pre-order for Xbox Series X edition only. Yeah. Okay. Um, the reason I think they don't a lot of these games don't have release dates yet, and we're seeing that, is more so because the Series X doesn't have a release date. Right. So if I had to wager a specific guess, I would say this is a launch title that doesn't have a release date yet because the console doesn't. I feel like they were specifically mentioning them. games that were that were launch titles. I didn't write any of them down, but I feel like I remember seeing that through the event. There was at least yeah one that was like available at launch. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't pay attention to which ones were and weren't. Does I mean? But if you look on like news.xbox.com is the one I have pulled up for like the list of games. Hmm. It says holiday 2020 for this. Okay. There's a rumor that uh November holidays, I, I'd have to look it up, but there's some Xbox official that someone asked by the holidays, do you mean the November holidays, like Thanksgiving? And It's got to be pre-Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah. If the, if the This con- year could be different, though. I mean, if these consoles did not release no. before Black Friday, I'd be very, very surprised. Yeah, they're only yeah. Walmart's only closed Thanksgiving. They're still open that Friday. Well, no, I'm just saying. I think 
with COVID being a thing, that Black Friday is going to be slightly altered. It just means everybody's going to buy online instead of going to the store. No, they're just all going to get sick. They're just all going to die. Yeah, well, no, that's what I was anticipating, (laughs) is that people are just going to be stupid and go anyways. I Uh, mean, people already did that for, like, TV specifically made for Black Friday. It's it's a little disease to add to it. They don't care. Yeah. Nonetheless, it does say holiday 2020 on it. Okay. Which, Which makes sense since it has a price. So I wonder if that would only be a Series X game. Because well, it I have can't to be imagine the Xbox. That's what it listed as. That's what, yeah, that's what I mean, because I can't imagine the Xbox One having the ability to do what it was shown to do. Yeah. I guess it is only first party, then that is Xbox One and Series X and PC for the first however long. If there's a launch title, that's Series X only. That must mean that third party titles can be Series X only. I guess I wasn't paying into much of the time. I almost kind of assumed that every game that was in I thought it was the every show game. was first party, but now I'm thinking about it too. Like, Destiny was in this show. Destiny's not first party, so they definitely had some third party stuff in there. Yeah. They, they had stuff that's like it... Just like the PlayStation event had, where not all those games were PlayStation exclusives. Yeah. Not all these games are Xbox exclusives. Uh, this one appears to be exclusive, though. Okay. It's made by a Polish video game studio. Bluber. Bluber. Which is actually something I wanted to point out about it, too, that I looked when I was just looking at this information. But it's the Player Witch it, studio? No. Oh. Um, but it actually has uh, a dual soundtrack, so it looks like the two different worlds have two separate soundtracks. One composed by a member of their own team, and the other uh, composed by Akira Yamaoka of Silent Hill. Uh, Say the so, first guy's name. Arcadius Rakowski. <laughs> uh, I was like, when you said the second one, I was like, he skipped that first one on purpose. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I didn't skip it on purpose. I skipped it because nobody's going to know who the person is. Like, I'm, I could it, see, it says it's just their own team member. But I feel like, you know, the two worlds are going to have two different soundtracks composed by two different people, which I think is very cool. Yeah. You almost have to, though, I guess, like, thinking about it. It'd be weird if they didn't have different soundtracks. Like, yeah, but, no, but composed by two different people, which no, means yeah. the styles will be so different and all that stuff. Like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, they should have two different soundtracks. But if it was the same person, it might, you might see a lot of stuff running over. But you almost kind of want that, like, composer. where it naturally fuels your switching worlds. Like, the music blends together into, like, oh, it's not, like, instant jump cut in the music. You want it to, like, blend over into the new world, you know? At least I that's how see I what, ha- like what it does see. when... I, I mean, don't want we to don't just know exactly skip how... that Jason music. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it to just start doing that. I don't think that's what's going to happen. We'll find <laughs> out. Yeah, we'll find out when the game comes out, but I don't think that's how it's going to go. Uh, Andy, you got anything to add for the medium? I thought it looked really cool, and uh, I like the um, the mechanic of being able to like seamlessly switch from um, one... I don't know what you would call it, alternate universe to the other. Yeah, Um, I think that's really neat. I don't know that I really am down with the, what I can tell is like the plot of the game. It seems a little eh for me, but that's not really my type of, my style of game either, so. You don't play too many horror games? Not, generally not. I did play Dead Space, but I think that was pretty much the only one. Yeah. That's actually one I played, too. I fucking love that game. I think I played it off of your recommendation a lot, too. Yeah. You beat that game, like, three times or something, Oh, yeah, you? like six times or something. <laughs> so 
Sounds like me in Mass Effect 1. <laughs> Um, all right, so I guess, Andy, it's your turn. First game you want to talk about. Okay, first game I want to talk about is a game from Obsidian called Avowed. It is a RPG, um, and I have a little blurb from it. I did a little bit of research on it. What? Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> so proud of you. It's actually from that um, uh, Daily Bits that I oh, yeah, recommended yeah. to you. There you go. See, you don't even have to yeah, work hard so for the news. It just comes right to you. Nothing from the actual showing lets you know this, but I guess Avowed is going to be in the Pillars of Eternity universe. Should I know what that is? It's some um, when Obsidian kind of fully went independent and stopped making like games for other people. Their first take was a computer RPG called Pillars of Eternity, which is a throwback to the classic Baldur's Gate games. Oh, okay. It was their first like real fully published independent game in a while, and it sold very well for them. Yeah, I've heard of bring Baldur's, them back. Baldur's Gate. Did you play Baldur's Gate, Andy? Uh, I did very shortly. I didn't. It didn't really capture my attention span. Okay. Um, but it will be Obsidian's biggest game, and it looks like their goal is to steal the open world RPG crown from the Elder Scrolls. Um, there's a, a few leak highlights. They said that the open world will be much, much larger than Skyrim, although denser is probably more accurate. So there's going to be more things okay. to do and maybe like a smaller amount of area. Um, it's going to focus on lighting, AI, and physics, as well as a reactive world, playing, paying special attention to how magic interacts with the physics system. Which sounds pretty cool, like lightning bolts and stuff like that I think would be neat. Yeah. Um, they're going to have modding support for both PC and Xbox. Ooh. Um, they're going to have companions, but they will not be handled like in the Outer Worlds. Okay. Uh, they're going to have boss fights, including very, very large encounters. Always a good thing. Um, Is it strictly single player, or are you going to have some sort of co-op involved? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say anything about that. I mean, I, I would assume just single player, but I'm just thinking some of, if some of the boss encounters are that big, I wonder if they would give you the opportunity to play with other people. I'm not really sure, but it it, it does say it, the release is late 2022 or 2023. Yep. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a long way away. It's a little way away, but it does look pretty cool. I mean, just a little blurb you catch, just that fiery arrow sort of going down different levels of the earth, and then it sort of hits, and you see a guy sort of, get what a purple flame on his left hand and then you see a sword in his right hand and then it sort of just goes avowed yeah so you don't really yeah. see a lot but it's exciting yeah, they it's sort exciting. of teased they were they were showing grounded first and then it was like oh by the way we're still working on this other game that is just very early stages and that's when we got the trailer for avowed right right and, and i think when they say like something like it's going to be a denser world. I think what they're referring to there is a lot of the time with like Skyrim and open world RPGs like that is you have a lot of dead space, a lot of empty space right. in those games in between the towns and villages and whatnot. And a lot of the time that has to do with the games having to load those areas as you approach them. So they create these areas in between that are kind of like loading areas. You're still moving. You're still interacting with the world but really it's giving the game they're separated like that so the game has enough time to load in between while you travel and i feel like 
the improved processing power that we're getting with next-gen consoles and all that is going to allow for much better load times for things, and they're going to be able to pack more into smaller areas, uh, which is definitely interesting. Uh, this was at the top of my list um, as well, and it is uh, it looks awesome. Um, and yet, I mean, there's not a whole lot to go on, but yeah. I mean, yeah, Obsidian. I mean, it's, it's a long way out. Yeah. So Obsidian makes some pretty good games. So yeah, they do. You say Obsidian making an RPG? I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's one of the more intriguing uh, games of the presentation. I mean, the fact that there wasn't a lot of details in the show itself uh, didn't put it higher on my list. But yeah, I everything that Drew's saying now and and from the presentation itself, I thought you know. Uh, this is one to look out for, but there's not enough info to to uh, sink her teeth into yet. Yeah. But as a teaser, it did its job. Yeah. And the one thing I also liked about it is it, it was really the only game that sort of hit that fantasy note for me in mm-hmm. this whole showcase. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And those are the games that I'm I'm drawn to. That you know I'm going to be like, ooh, that looks cool. Oh, that looks neat. Ooh, that guy's got a <laughs> purple fist of magic you know like just (laughs) cool you know and Mm -hmm. everything else is and i'm not knocking it like sci-fi or like this goofy like i don't know slapstick shooter shooter type stuff like that rocket arena shit but um (laughs) (laughs) throwing it under the bus it just released it's already 10 bucks but um you know I like the sci-fi stuff, and I, I, you know, I like shooters and stuff like that. But, but this one really, like games like these, are the ones that I sort of gravitate towards. Yeah, I mean, as far as the genre, I don't feel. I feel like there's definitely much more sci-fi genre stuff that's out there. Fantasies, I think, a little, a little harder to come by. I mean, Dark Souls exists, so uh, true. Perfection is already achieved. <laughs> He's got a point. Um. <laughs> But I also think, like, you have something, I mean, like, Skyrim is so expansive. And I feel like, for a while, maybe companies have kind of stepped away so that they're not trying to compete with that. Because fantasy setting only has, you know what I mean? I feel like it requires more out of a developer. Because, like, if you're going to market it, like what they're saying here about Avowed, they're marking it as the bigger, bigger and better than Skyrim. In, I, th- I feel like you kind of have to hit that note if you're gonna try to really sell a game because so many resources go into making these giant open world fantasy RPGs, and if you can't sell enough, can you make a profit off of it? Yeah. And if you can't sell it as bigger and better than the thing that is... Skyrim's got to be one of the best-selling games ever at this point, doesn't it? Not the best, but one of the best. Well, it came out for another console like every two years, so yeah, it just keeps on going. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it just never leaves. And I feel like they're stepping in at the right time when you're going to have... We, we, we know that Elder Scrolls Six is a thing, but we have no idea when that's coming. Yeah, I, th- I want to say that... Um... Their sci-fi game is coming out. Their sci-fi RPG is coming out before Elder Scrolls yeah. Six. I think yeah. there might be another game. I think I think there's two more games they have to release before Elder Scrolls comes out. They said. 
And one said Starbound or Starfield. Yeah. Starfield. Whichever it yeah. is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's a star something. Star. There's a star, yeah. and you're either bounded to it or it's a field of stars. It's one of those. <laughs> but, I, but I feel like that leaves the door open for a game like this to step in and fill that gap. I mean, you had the same thing happen fantasy-wise with the looter genre with Diablo. Like, the, between Diablos, you had the Torchlights come out, you had Path of Exiles come out, you had two competing studios come out and try and take over that throne. And I think a lot of people know Obsidian for their RPG-like games, and some people would say they made the best Fallout, modern Fallout game. So I think they know that they can attack and go for it. And I think Our Worlds was our, them dipping their toes into spending that much money into a game. And now, yeah. now with the support of Microsoft, they're taking it another level. I mean, it's already been in development for over two and a half years. So they've got mm-hmm. another two, maybe three years of development so they can go a lot of places. But like I said at the top, what this showed is just that hope of Obsidian being able to take their time and hopefully not be a buggy fucking mess. Because yeah. I, had, I had a lot of good outer world I didn't have any issues with. It worked for me. I don't know if other people did. The mod support's going to be great. I'm sure there'll be a ton of fucking mods for this. I just finished playing Fallout 4 because I had over 120 mods, and that made the game fun. And I think, like Andy said, with them focusing more, like, the the real-time weather and, like, the different lighting things, we know that the Xbox uh, Series X is going to have the RTX features from um, NVIDIA, so we know that's going to be an increased focus on lighting and shadows that you get with the RTX, which can really make this game pop when it finally comes out. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Um, anybody got anything else to add for Avowed? Oh, and I also like that you had a sword and magic, so you're you're both. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's yeah. character creation, but I just know I can dual wield. Yeah, sword <laughs> yeah a, lot of, magic. a lot of character creation is like, oh, you can either have a weapon or you can have magic. You cannot have both. This one looks like you can be a little bit of like the jack of all spell trades. Spell sword. Yeah. That's what I want to be. And hopefully... Sword. The best class in D&D. Yeah, in a lot of cases in games like this, you you really have to choose your leveling, right? Because it, so often magic requires so many levels to be effective in these games. You you love to do it, but by the time you get to the point you can use all the spells, you have no stat points left to put into you know your strength or your dexterity or whatever it is you're putting into for your weapons. That's why I'm so, wondering what kind of system they use that they'll copy kind of the Obsidian, I mean the Oblivion Skyrim kind of route for skills or maybe do more of like a Mass Effect kind of thing where it's more easy to let people respec as they want to instead of it being yeah. kind of locked in. But with Skyrim, you eventually level everything up anyways. It just takes longer. So we'll yeah, you can max out your the, character. Uh, I was going to say, when I saw the uh, the... the, the first clip of that where they had the magic and the sword i thought of the witcher you mm-hmm. know maybe the magic isn't so super powered but more of a augmenting yeah, the like a melee support, ability. yeah nice like you know thing to freeze them up and you go in just go in at them mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think it's real exciting it might magic let's do it yeah um all right so we'll hit uh i guess it's my turn i was going yeah i'm going forth um so again, my the the first game that was on my list we had talked about was Halo. Second game that I guess got me excited was State of Decay Three. Um, I actually sunk a good amount of time into State of Decay Two, which I really liked. That was my first experience with a State of Decay game, um, and I was surprised how much that it hooked me. It's a very addictive game. Um, it's one of those ones that like I feel like you can't just play for a half hour. You end up sitting down, and then it's like two hours later, and you're like, "What the fuck happened in the day?" 
Um, and I, I like the, uh, the way that I, of course, I don't know how it improved from what, from the first one and the second one, but the second one was actually really good. And so I'd be, I'm really curious to see what they improve into the third one. The only thing we got from this event was just a cinematic trailer that basically says State of Decay 3 is happening. So there's not a lot to go on. I didn't actively search for more details since they didn't really talk about anything at the show other than show the trailer. Um, and of course the trailer ends with like zombie deer. So I don't know if we're gonna have to worry about zombie wildlife in this game, but that could be fucking nuts too. Um, but I mean, at least it's going to, you know, whenever it comes out, it's going to be on game pass. So at least hopefully I can check it out there and, and give it a shot. So I don't know if that interests anybody else, but that was on my list. Didn't one of the far cries have a thing where like the wildlife started to attack you, but I don't know if they weren't like zombies. So I wonder if it'll yeah, they be weren't zombies, like but that far, far cry. It wasn't just one far cry. As far as I know, there were several where you have to like hunt stuff down. Well, I just remember it being a big deal in one scene that because people like the post far cry GFs and. Seeing was it four? Probably, but God knows what Far Cry they're on now. You could tell me they're on eight, and I'd believe you. <laughs> I, I feel like it was Far Cry four, where Sounds they had right. like the legendary beasts you could go and track down. I feel like there was. Some, I think Ian's right. I think felt like there was some sort of. I, I, it might be the right game. It might be four, but there was like certain. You might be on the same track too, Mike. Like beasts you had to hunt down, but are somehow like possessed, like very more, much more aggressive than normal animals. And when you try to go yeah, and the, kill them, they just charge and. Well, beat they, they the were crap like alpha animals. I felt like that was like the idea, like they were like animals of legend. You know what I mean? Like the okay, maybe yeah, maybe that was it. You know, because I remember you could fish in the game, and there was fish the same way that yeah. weren't necessarily attacking you, but you had to find them. Did you have to shoot know, them those, when you pulled them up? Some were... of those fish beat the crap out of me. <laughs> well, if you got in the water with them, yeah, but... that's what I mean. Yeah, he was taking yeah. his knife in and going one on one with the fish. <laughs> yeah. But but I remember specifically, like, early on in Far Cry 4, there was definitely a grizzly bear that kicks the shit out of you. Oh, yeah. And, like, you you, got, you just have to leave and come back later. Like, you can attack the hell out of it. it nothing's going to happen. Like, it just ignores you. Yeah. So you have to go and get better shit and come back. The State of Decay, basically, one of those, like, it's just, like, survival base building kind of thing. Like, like a Rust or yeah. Fallout 76. Seven Days to Die. You know. Yeah, so you are, you are trying to... You know, fortify access. your base. You you upgrade um, outposts and stuff in your base to give you like a, a, a medical bay or a shooting range or something to help your characters then level up. Then or does your character die? Do you lose all your progress? Well, you you ten, at least in State of Decay two, you get like a roster of people, so you can go around the world recruit okay. other people that are there. So you build up your community. You can have like eight people in your base. You can swap in and out with those people at any time. Because if you if you use one person for a while, they get tired. So they it's need like to watch go. Dogs. Yeah. Um. They need to. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess sort of like Legion. Of course, we don't know if like Legion's gonna have some sort of stamina system, or if you can just play one person the entire game without giving them a rest. But this one, they have like stat points, so they have endurance. Like if you and like you have to get them to run around, so they build up endurance, so they can sprint longer and faster. Um. Now, do you have to physically run them around the train? This so you can be like, hey, guy, go run some suicides. I think. I think you have to. Like control them yourself and run them around. God, that just that just sounds weird. It's like, like leveling athletics in Elder Scrolls, or it, like leveling agility in RuneScape, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean it's like, not as bad. As you, I mean just using the characters. Obviously, the stuff builds up. If you want to do activities with them to build up their stats before you engage any zombies or do any exploring, you can do that. But well, a lot of how stuff intense is it over time? As well, um, do you have to like hunt and feed these people as well, or yes. is it so you okay, gather so, resources? So it is for your seven base. days to die. Basically, then, like, same yeah, you idea. Need, like, 
all of it has to be done. Yeah, so you can you you get like food supplies, you get um, ammo supplies, you get building materials, and the building materials are used for your base. Um, health kits and stuff keep people healthy, and food obviously keeps people fed. If any of the resources stop dropping, people get disgruntled. People will leave your base. People will get pissed. So there's sense. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of that too. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there PvP or do you have like your own server? Sorry, what? Is it does it have like is there other players in the world like other human controlled players or is it your own like server like you you can be isolated from like no one's gonna come raid you that's physically controlled by another person? Yeah, I don't think they have there. You can do some co-op stuff. I don't think there's like a PvP element to it. Okay. So I know that's um, big but... with some of these where you can you have like a whole co-op server. Where they have their settlement, you have yours. So I know you said you play this with like Leslie and Eric, so I'm wondering. Yeah, how that... so when we did co op, it was basically like I start a game, they come into my game, so they can show up in my base and they can alternate between their crew of characters, but they don't have their own base also in the world with me. Okay. They just bring their crew over in uh, your your crew's like to archer. assist what I'm yeah. doing. So so do they so when they're with you, do they like sap off of your resources? Or do they have to go and like gather their own? Bring it's them more with or less them? like it, they, it has no effect on their base. They are helping my game specifically in my server, so they'd be bringing back resources for my base. They can now like guns no, no, and I mean, ammo like, and stuff that they when get. they get hungry, do they have to eat your food? Um, you know, I'm trying to remember how that worked exactly. Because I think, well, I feel like what I've noticed is that if you are in someone else's game and your your character gets tired or or gets bit and may be infected after a certain period of time if you're in your own game and you put them to rest they seem like they heal up pretty quickly if you are in someone else's game and you put them to rest to swap out to another character it seems like they don't heal as quickly until you go back to your server so okay. I, I don't think they take up uh, any of your material, but it's more or less like we have to deal with this when I get back to my game I can't do it in your game when I'm helping you so, like, your character, and then I guess, so, like, if you have food resources, your characters will feed themselves. You don't have to physically yes, choose right. to eat. Yeah. It's just, okay. like, a day in the in the game time goes past, and you lose some of the resources because you're keeping your base fed. Okay. Um, But, yeah, it is, I mean, the co-op part of it's fun. I, I do like playing that game with people. Plus, just having extra hands to go in to raid some of these places where there's zombie infestations and stuff is really cool. Um. Yeah, I think it, it's a lot more intricate, I think, than some of the games I I typically play, which is which is kind of cool. And there's always stuff to do. Like, uh, in your community, you'll have other rival um, or other, like, bases, just computer AI people that right. will say, hey, we need help with something. You can choose to ignore them, or you can choose to help them out. If you help them out, they might help you out later. If you, say, piss off and deal with it yourself, they get pissed. They might come attack your base because you've fucked off too many times for them. So there's, there's a little... It, that's why like you not first I, strike. Yeah, not that I not that I watched The Walking Dead, but I do feel like it's it's the closest thing to playing The Walking Dead that I can think of. Just those kind of type of factions and influences. You mean, and stuff, you so. mean except for The Walking Dead games? Well, yeah, I know they had the Telltale games and stuff like that, but so do I you feel like do you constantly leave your driven. base, the safety of your base, to go start a new base somewhere else that you don't know the safety of that base? Uh, there's a little bit of that, um, like because there's probably at least the the one map that I've played so far, there's probably like five or six different bases you can get to. Some of them require you to have a bigger group with you. Like you have to have eight people before you can get to this base and claim it. And do any so, of them have people like named Shady stuff like the governor running them already? 
they they a lot of the characters that you find already come with names. So yeah, some of them have weird. I think Leslie was real upset when her character G Burger died. So that was a thing. G Burger. R.I.P. So if say you go and take over another base, does it expand the number of active players you can have under your control? So instead of having your base eight at a single base, would it then be sixteen if you had two whole bases? Well, they only let you control one base at a time, and then you can sort of control maybe one or two other outposts. That so like you you control okay. a power plant, so it gives your your base electricity, so you can run different things. But you still have your so main you can't base just on top control of control the world, basically. right? You just kind of have your settlement. Yeah, it forces you to migrate to a different settlement and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just guessing from our talk. No one else has played State of Decay. Uh, nope. No. Okay, it is on Game Pass for anyone that is interested. So I would I would highly recommend it. At least give it a shot. So we'll spin back around to or sorry, Mike. You <laughs> <laughs> almost. Did I'm, it. I'm used to being this. last, so it's throwing me off a bit. Uh, what I was going to talk about um, actually probably would have went better had you put me uh, right after uh, Andy, but uh, for me it is the Outer Worlds Peril on Gorgon. Um. This is the DLC. We don't know if this is the first of more than one or just the only DLC. I don't think we have any idea of that yet. But um, the Outer Worlds itself was fucking fantastic. Um, it was fairly short for that type of game. Um, I mean, it was around 20 to 30 hours, which for that style of game is not very long. Um, but this is it as a substantial amount of content. And, I mean, I am just more Outer Worlds is going to be good. Uh, but, evidently, the Gorgon is an asteroid. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of, like, innovation going on in the game that we see in the trailer. I'm just extremely excited to get more Outer Worlds to play. To have a reason to go back in and mess around with new builds. I'll probably start over an entire new game to play the DLC as opposed to like continuing with my current character. Um, and really guys, like it's on game pass. If you have game pass, play the outer world. It's so, so good. That's what I, I like think. Andy, weren't we just talking about that? That's what I keep hearing. You, you had said, I think recently you wanted to try and play it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been wanting to play the outer world for a while. I just, I haven't had a chance. It, well, there you go. Game pass. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> It, it it has those Very you know the opportunity for like <laughs> do it. the the weird <laughs> builds and you know the weird builds you can put together because there's melee weapons there's obviously guns and then you have like the crazy alien weapons as well so it has that I guess Fallout kind of system to it but it, it the world they created honestly it's just fantastic and the character interactions you have with the limited roster of characters that join your squad your team whatever i can't remember what it's called in in the game but you have your allies and you know it 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 takes a level of depth with those characters that i feel a lot of other games miss so is there any indication how how long this dlc would be um, from everything big? I've seen, it just says it's a substantial amount of content. Okay. I don't... 
mean, I know their DLC for the first Pillars of Eternity was very large. It was like a throwback to the old school, like what they were going for that old CRPG where an expansion would be basically a whole new game. I don't think this will be that long, but I would think, you know, a good eight, ten hours or something, I would expect at least from it. And like Mike said, I had a ton of fun with this game. It was one of the most games I was most excited for when it was coming out. I finally installed the Epic Store just to play it. Um, <laughs> it's, it doesn't go... To, like, it's very... It's a satire kind of on the whole evil corporations thing, but I don't think they milk it too much where you get like... You're like, I get it, bro. The corporations suck. Because it also <laughs> has this, like, the cool, like, beam sci-fi movie kind of vibe. Like, I think that's what the title Paralon Gorgon's going for. Like, that kind of mm-hmm. old-school sci-fi movie that they would show on Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's going for <laughs> that kind of thing. And they, they leaned into that some. It's a really fun, cool setting and world. I'm excited to get back into it. This will give me a reason to do my low-intelligence run. So, <laughs> very excited for it, because they did have special options if you had no intelligence. And I can't wait to find them out, because... They're going to be exciting because they did the same cool stuff with that like they did in their Fallout game as well. And it's always fun to play those kinds of runs where I get to find out what it's like to be like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, see, I think for me, the one that'll open up is I don't know if I'll do a low intelligence run, but I definitely want to do a kill all the NPCs run. Just because it, it, it opens and closes doors in the game when you kill NPCs and that everything kind of has different reactions. And I feel like sense. the game itself doesn't close off. Cause like when you kill an NPC, usually you're doing a quest for them and they'll drop what you needed. Now, if it's a really important one, it's going to be a hard fight to kill that NPC. Like you're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. But I, I, I always find it interesting to see how the games are programmed into handling what happens if you just kill the NPCs. And, when you beat the Outer Worlds, you actually get a little, like, ending clip that tells you, because you did this, this happened kind of thing Yeah. at the end. Oh, no spoilers. <laughs> I didn't tell you, like, it's... <laughs> that's, that's completely different than how Fallout 4's ending goes, so you kind of ruined it for him. <laughs> <laughs> but it, because it does that, I want to see what kind of shit it gives you if you just kill everybody. Like, I, I think this is actually a game where you can clear the entire game of other human life. Like, they won't respawn. Like, even just, like, the people walking around have a set limited number. Like, they look like randomly generated, like, NPCs that don't really have anything to do but walk from point A to point B over and over again during the cycle of the game. But you can kill them, and they won't respawn, and you can just kill the entire system, I guess. There's a... They're in a... I don't know. It's a different solar system. I can't remember the name of it at this point. It's like last October I played this game. I think it's Andromeda. <laughs> Andromeda? Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'll buy that. Um, Got but, a little Mass Effect in my Outer Worlds. Y- y- you can you can kill everything, and I kind of want to see what happens if you do that. It would be interesting, yeah. at least. Uh, Matt, have you played Outer Worlds? I started it, and I know it's going to be sacrilege, but I didn't actually finish it. Hey, I'm uh, in the same boat, actually. <laughs> Unlimited time, I'd love to go back to it. I, there was nothing wrong with it. I uh, just, just didn't quite finish it. I will say one unique thing, they, not unique, I guess, but they deviated kind of from the normal companion system for these games where you actually couldn't romance any of your companions, which was kind of a fresh change to be like, 
hey, I'm not like the harem god. I'm just the dude. I'm just <laughs> the dude living his life. Yeah. And it, Brian, honestly, I know you in particular had a liking for HK forty seven. Uh back in the day. Right. And uh you get a robot. I don't know if it's as funny as HK forty seven, but it's pretty good. He has some right. great dialogue when he goes to clean up the mess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like yeah, that that's once I got that's, him, I don't he want was a permanent it, crew member. But... That'll be something to look forward to if I get that far in the game. Definitely. Well, and I mean, that's the thing with the crew members. You have to seek out their quest to add them to your side, and you can yeah. ignore all of them if you want to. Or you can just kill gotcha. them. <laughs> right. You can just kill all of them and have no crew. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, fucking not, weird. You're asking for player. help. Dead. <laughs> um, all right, last call for anything for Outer Worlds. Nothing? All right, uh, back around to Ian. This, this won't be a little quicker because we didn't get a lot from it, but we know exactly what it is. So it's Warhammer 40k Darktide, which is our 40k version of Vermintide. So if you guys don't know, Warhammer is a whole fantasy world setting. This one, 40k, takes place in the year 40,000. So super sci-fi action-y. And the Vermintide game was basically a shooter of horde modes where you would group up, you can group up with randoms, and then you just shot and killed, leveled up your characters, did unique things like that, you know, building upon your experience over time. But, you know, having that group setting where someone could tell you to go kill yourself because you're not playing well enough, which really <laughs> adds to the whole dynamic of being in the Warhammer setting where your life is always on the line. So this is the space version of it, but it also means we have Kron, the Blood God, and I cannot wait to deliver blood for my Blood God. <laughs> <laughs> if Warhammer 40k is always something I've, I've tried to get into several times, uh, THQ in the PS3 360 generation had Space Marine, uh, which I enjoyed. And then more recently, um, that Diablo clone, uh, Chaos Bane, uh, which my wife and I played through. We kind of liked it. It it was no Diablo, but, you know, nothing has really pulled me super into that world yet, and I keep wanting to, so, you know, maybe this game uh, will be the one that uh, really grabs us. That's been the problem with the Warhammer license, is they will give it to anyone to make whatever they want. So you get a lot of low-quality shit. But since we know this is based on Vermintide, there's a certain level of quality we can kind of expect from it, so we can we can pay attention to this one and see what happens. It's not as bad as some of those Warhammer games get. I mean, plus it'll be on Game Pass, so try for free. I'm not, I don't work for Microsoft. <laughs> uh, true, I guess, yeah. Um... I don't know, anything else for... Because this one's out of my wheelhouse, so I really have nothing to contribute to this one. But anybody else? Anything never else? played a Warhammer. Yeah, never played them. Always thought some of them looked cool, but never actually played them. I think that's always the other thing for people getting into it, is that since it's such based in the board game almost, but there's so many other avenues to get into Warhammer, it's like, where would I fucking start? So I think this could be a good option, because it's very, I think, from what a lot of people like is a shooter. It's a shooter, and it's a sci-fi space shooter with... Space works. <laughs> you know, so is this a first-person shooter or a third-person shooter? Is it? I'm assuming it's going to be first-person, but I mean, they could do something different. Okay, yeah, first-person shooter that will probably draw some people in. Um. All right, so we'll go to Matt. Sure. Um. Well, a movie slash game I'd like to see is uh as dusk falls. Um. You know, it was a very, very cinematic trailer um, coming from a new studio called uh, Interior Night. 
Um, what caught my eye about that is that it is from a former designer at Quantic Dream. Um, you know, if you've played Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, uh, Detroit Become Human, uh, it's along. I assume the game is along the lines of those games. Um, you know, very polarizing games. You know, it's extremely cinematic, a lot of quick time events, things like that. Um, I'm a fan of that kind of genre. Uh, so seeing what uh, next gen version of that is uh, is very exciting to me. Um, you know, to kind of summarize what was revealed in the trailer, it looks like it tracks um, the story of a family. You know, it starts with a you know a husband and wife and their daughter in a motel. Motel appears to get held up, and it's heavily implied that the father um, you know, gets killed. Um, and they fast forward later, and it looks like the daughter's grown up, and you know how she deals with that presumed tragedy. Um, you know, from a storytelling standpoint, seems very interesting to me. So, you know, uh, like I said, kind of polarizing type of genre, but um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. So, we are, are are we assuming just like quick time events for this game? Well, I was wondering if it's gonna be like that or like more of a visual novel where you kind of just read it with yeah. the pictures changing and then choose choices. Like, I, they didn't give us enough to know how it's going with that. I think so. Yeah. I, we're gonna have to wait right. and see. I think on if it's quick time events, visual novel, or some other combination of Ooh. that. I mean, to speak to Heavy Rain is the only one of those I've played, which was fantastic. Um, it's it's similar to what Ian's describing, but there is certain... Like, the quick-time events are very limited. Yes, I was going to say, it's not... In, yeah, I said quick-time events, not only quick-time events. It's its own, it's its own style. It's hard, <laughs> yeah, to, it's like, hard to describe. Mike, before I interrupted him, maybe he's going to do it justice. <laughs> well, no, like, yeah, it, it's it's something where, like, the, the type of quick time event I can remember from Heavy Rain, like off the top of my head, is an example. There was ones that might be more traditional, but there was one specifically you're on the dance floor, and like it's like press the X button to shake your ass faster or better or dance. Like it's not, and how you dance really doesn't make a fucking difference to the game. You can choose not to do it. But the game itself had so many different endings, there was no real fail scenario for any of the quick time events. Okay. What happened, happened. Yeah. If you did it, you got that result. If you didn't, it moved the story along anyways. You didn't replay the quick time event. See, but I would yeah. like it to fail where it's like, you dance so poorly, no one wants to talk to you ever again. <laughs> I would like that. <laughs> but you're now a social was... pariah. <laughs> well, no, that, that was like kind of the way it could go. Okay. It's, it's not a fail, but the story would continue from that point forward. Yeah, there's very, there's very few game overs, I guess. You know, like okay, you, know, you could certainly fail a given task, but not fail in the sense that you know, game over, screen reload, and start over. So that would yeah, almost like lend itself endings. to lend yeah. itself to more replayability. So if you get to the end and you're like, well, that kind of sucked, and then it's like, well, let me try it again and make different decisions. Well, I would, if I'm not mistaken, didn't that one specifically have like 26 endings to Heavy Rain? That sounds right. So heavy Rain only had well, there was one true ending. Yes, I was gonna say the the main mystery had exactly one ending, but you know right. how the main characters' relationships with the other characters in the game uh, did have a lot of variability to it. Right. Yeah, well, like how individual certain characters existed in that game that didn't necessarily affect the outcome of the ending of the mystery. So they might be alive or dead at the end of the game based mm -hmm. on the decisions you made, and with all the different variables for those characters. I want to like the number in my head comes to twenty six, but like you're right, like the ending mystery, you could have a bad ending where you didn't figure it out, and you're like the main character you played as ended up dead. But 
other than that, it was there was a lot of different variables on how it could end. But it it was more so what Ian was mentioning, but it was like the dialogue would have almost a quick time event. So you had to like you couldn't just sit there infinitely and look up which decision I should make will get me what outcome. There was a timer. You had to make a decision in the dialogue as you were doing it, kind of. Yeah. Um, so. Andy, what do you think about this game? Is this something you'd play? Is this in your wheelhouse no, at all? No, I, I watched my buddy play Heavy Rain, and it's just not a genre that I am interested in. When you watched him play, did it feel like you were playing? Well, no, like, <laughs> like I was like, what are you playing? And then I watched him play it for like 10 minutes, and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Have fun with that. See, I'm going to go get a beer or something. <laughs> I was saying, one, that's fair. One thing that's... I really liked was the art. It kind of gave me a like Scanner Darkly kind of feel to it. Like, it looked cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looked a little more cel-shaded-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if this will be one of the first games on xCloud since it won't take much to run. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, Alright, we'll swing over to Andy. Next game you want to talk about. Uh, the other game that caught my eye was a game called, um, I think it was Everwilds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was by Rare. Yeah, right? by Rare, yep. Um, it had a really interesting animation style which also looked sort of cell block animated and it didn't i don't know it, it almost looked like um like the refresh rate wasn't was purposely like slow so it almost looked like they sort of had shadows following them when they were doing their stuff you know which i thought was kind of a neat uh, a neat thing and um it looks like it's very cooperative as far as play goes but they didn't really show us much in the way as far as i know they didn't show us any gameplay but it it looks to do with magic and healing the earth as far as i can tell or not the earth but whatever wherever they are world world yeah world (laughs) world magic we'll call it yeah but it looked it just looked like they were like i don't know trying to revive nature maybe getting rid of a plague or evil or whatever that's inside <laughs> of whatever but it looked really neat and i don't know rare has a lot of um good games so i, I would tend to trust them was this something i'm trying to remember and the when they showed the the gameplay in the trailer and stuff was this something they were trying to hype up as like rare is creating another franchise of like this could be multiple sequels after this and stuff like that i think it just had like the logo and you're like okay here's what rare's been up to okay because we don't know what they've been up to. It looked cool. Like I liked the look and feel of the world. It kind of was cool. Like Everything they did, it wasn't like I'm casting magic. You were casting magic like, to interact with something. You it had, wasn't yeah, just you like, had to, like fireball. You had, to, like, you were, you had yeah. to do a dance or you had to like... And they were doing you know. that to like control the wind or do something with plants. You weren't right, just you had to, like, creating something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. But there it was would... like very interactive. The, the thing I didn't like about the trailer though is that it didn't really give you much on the way of like plot or what's the point of doing all of this yeah so i mean when you revive a deer at one point so i'm thinking maybe it's like a deer simulator (laughs) (laughs) and now i'm gonna go lick this taxi (laughs) maybe it's related to state of decay 3 maybe you're healing that deer oh see it's all connected cross promotion but i think it would be really 
I think it'd be really cool if it, it had like some, you know, like couch co-op and, you know, Xbox Live co-op and stuff like that. I think it'd be neat, a neat game to try. It'd be out of a lot of people's wheelhouses, but I think um, interesting enough to try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think it could be one of those like chill games, but I don't have a ton of time. Like, okay, I'm just going to chill out and do some world magic. <laughs> Uh, Matt, where do you fall on this one? I caught my eye. I don't know if I have much else to add. You know, it had a great feel to it. You know, crossed between the feeling I get from Horizon Zero Dawn and maybe um, Breath of the Wild, perhaps. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Whether the actual gameplay is anywhere near either of those, I couldn't <laughs> tell you, but at least from, from at least the overall atmosphere, that's, those are the two inspirations I, I took from it. Right, right. Uh, Mike, where are you at with this one? About the same. Like, it looks interesting. It's rare. You can't really argue against their pedigree for making awesome games. Will I probably try it at some point? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I... There's, we're getting to the point where, like, there was very little I feel like that interests me. Like, th- it looked cool. The the I like the animation and the style of it, but, like, just for what the hell was going on in the game, it's not, like, in my wheelhouse. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm all right with that. I mean, I might... You know, with all the stuff being on Game Pass, it's hard to be like, I'm not going to play that because it's part of the subscription. So, sure, if I want to try it, I can just jump in and give it a shot. But it's not, I guess it's not at the top of my list where it's like, I need to play this. It could be one right. that I just I just check out later just because of hype or, or someone recommends it or something. But I'm not going to go out of my way to find it. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where I fall. It's on Game Pass. Anything that's on Game Pass, there's a pretty good shot that I'll at least try it. Yeah. So... Um, all right, anything to, to add for this one? Everwild. No? All right. Uh, so the last one for me that I, I was going to talk about, which, I don't know, might be a cop-out because I feel like we talk about it all the time, but Destiny 2 um, uh... is coming to Game Pass. <laughs> I know. I was trying to sell Andy on this again once I figured out what was happening, but it's going to be on Game Pass, <laughs> all previous DLC. Yep. So Forsaken, Shadow King, right? Shadow Keep. Yeah. Um, so everything that's out there right now up until this point will be there and you're getting beyond light when it releases in November. So all of that is included in game pass. You're not going to get like anything extra with beyond light. It's just the standard edition to be able to play some of the new stuff, but you're not getting the season pass or any of the extra like pre-order goodies and stuff that you get from actually purchasing that section of the game. Um, but considering I'm part of game pass, I, like that I really don't have to go out of my way to try Beyond Light. I can just pop in and try it whenever it's released. And again, I, we keep talking about Destiny's just one of those games. Yes, we bitch about it all the time because it doesn't change and it seems like it's a lot of the same crap, but it still fucking gets me to come back and play it every couple months. So I'm sure when this comes out, I'm going to want to jump in and at least play it for a couple weeks to a month and see what's going on and how it, how it changes and stuff. Um, and the other thing that I thought was interesting is they mentioned in Bungie's press release for We Are Coming to Game Pass, is that the game, they've already said, will be available through xCloud for Android devices. They don't specifically mention anything about iOS or Apple, but if you have an Android tablet or phone, you will be able to play this game on your tablet or phone through xCloud, through Game Pass, when that's released. So that's fucking cool, too. I think it's one of the few games that has come up front and said, yes, we're going to be available through xCloud. Like, Microsoft keeps pushing xCloud, but we don't know what games are going to play on xCloud or when. So to have a big get like Destiny to be able to play through xCloud is pretty cool. It worked out for Did Stadia. They say when 
for xCloud? Um, I mean, xCloud is a service I thought they talked about coming out in September or something something along those lines in but September. I, I meant Destiny being on xCloud. Right, but that's what I mean. I don't know if it's going to be available. Like, you can play what's available now for Destiny in September when xCloud starts, or it's going to be when Beyond Light hits, then you can be on xCloud. I don't know what the release date there is. Okay. Or it could be just be after that. Maybe once xCloud gets up and running as a better service, and maybe Destiny will get there eventually, and they're just saying we will be available there. You know, at some point in time, they didn't, you know, nothing in their press release says when, just that it's going to happen. Okay. So I know, you know, Andy's burnt out from Destiny. Matt, I know, is burnt out from Destiny. Ian tried Destiny. I don't know, consider yourself burned out probably from Destiny? Yeah, sure. More or less. Why not? Sure. (laughs) Uh, I know Mike's still dabbling. I don't know how much you're playing it recently. I mean, the last 10 days I haven't played anything, honestly. Okay. Because I'm still dabbling here and there. Not a, I, I got into it for like a good two weeks, and then I'm, now I'm starting to, you know, get less and less playing it here and there. But I still I still want to play it. I just have to find time to sort of work in and do try to get my like weekly routine in there. Um, so I don't know, you know, between now and whenever Beyond Light comes out, I don't know how much I'll be playing it. But I'm sure Beyond Light will get me back into it for a little while. So, I mean, I, I feel like the Going to Game Pass is a big deal. I'm glad I didn't pre-order it. Um, right, yeah. Because they, you know, I feel like they put out the info about Beyond Light. They put the pre-order out for Beyond Light. And I'm not, like, it's it's a very bungee thing to do. To announce Beyond Light and put a pre-order out for it. And then a few weeks later announce, hey, if you did that on Game Pass. Or if you did that on Xbox for your pre-order. Well, it's going to be free, actually. And you wouldn't <laughs> have had to do that. So now you have a bunch of people that are going to be trying to scramble to return pre-orders. Well, the difference is, the thing with Game Pass um, is it's not there forever. It might only be there for the first three months just to get you in the door to say, look, this is free, try this out. And then after three months, if you want to still play the game, you will have to buy it. Yeah, but you get a discount at least, too. Right. Yeah, so, I, I was going to say, like, it, it's, a, it's a thing where we don't we don't know that. Like, Bungie, from the way this looked, it sounded like a commitment going forward with Game Pass. At least to me, it looked it's it seemed that way. I mean, if you look at their their like in the post they did for we're coming to Game Pass, they have like frequently asked questions, and it's like it's something along the lines of like, um, you know, what happens if it leaves Game Pass or something? Like, there's there's some sort of field or question in there. What happens if the game leaves Game Pass? So it's a possibility that it will not be there oh, forever. Sure. So they're telling you, and you know, but at the maybe, same time, it's still something where like, I mean. A lot of it's still free already. Right. Most of it is free, but the expansion passes aren't. Yeah, but I mean, after Beyond Light is done, you don't almost maybe not need that one. You know, if it does, you like you would just get the next one, the next expansion. Right. That's what I mean. So that's kind of what I. Yeah, it it might not matter. And that's kind of what I was gonna get at is that it's something where like I feel like they should have mentioned it with the pre-order information, just bring it up then. Or don't put pre-orders out until the Game Pass thing is up or something. Just It, it just seems a little bit off. I don't know. I feel like the people that, gonna, that pre-order are going to pre-order regardless. I Make normally would be one of those people. Yeah. I think I think just pre-ordering for the goodies, like some people will do that. So I, I, I feel like there's a lot less people that might be pissed off about this than maybe you think. Like, I'm sure there are people that I, are pissed I, off. I mean... But... To be fair, I'm in a Discord with hundreds of people that play Destiny, and 
pretty much everybody that pre-ordered was pissed off if they're on. Okay, Xbox. but when are they not upset? Well, no, but in this case, I would say it's a little bit justified. But they would be upset regardless. Like, they would be upset that the pre-order wasn't available until the Game Pass thing was announced. They'd be upset <laughs> oh, about no, that I, if they I did it differently. That. That, and that's gamers. That's not just Destiny. Let's be clear about that. Gamers just get pissed. And you give them an outlet and they just go. But on the good side of this, we got a nice look at the new abilities. Um, yeah. Did we? Did look. Did I just not pay attention during this one? <laughs> you, yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, yes. you don't you play enough, like the, the whole ice abilities and the ice walls and things like that. That sounds like Valorant. They stole up. that. That's all new. <laughs> um, I, I, I really like the idea that it looked like one of the grenade abilities creates ice walls that can become platforms for you to use to jump around. Yeah. That opens up a lot of new areas in the game potentially, places you can go and things you can do. Um, I feel like. It's a little bit of a change. I feel like it's going to have a big change in the way PvP plays. Oh, uh, true. Um, yeah. You know. Well, this like it's obviously just going to be the new meta. Like everybody's just going to keep using the new ability well, for everything. Well, we don't know. We don't. Well, at first, that's what people will do, but we don't know how effective they're going to be. We don't know what the supers are going to be. We don't know. There's a lot we don't know. Yeah. Um, because the subclass trees are changing as well. The at least for the new subclass it's not going to function the same way they currently do okay. they're going to be customizable subclasses like we okay. had in destiny one where you could shift shit around to make a build right right in your subclass you're going to be able to do that with the stasis abilities not the original three though okay. so that could shift it a lot because of that customization but you put a new ability in the game i feel like you want people to use it but like putting yeah. the new abilities in like the regular pvp like the regular like halo like multiplayer that's just going to break it cuz like there's no way those maps are designed for platforms being created somewhere like that's going to be a broken mess for like a month <laughs> if that's in there it's a broken mess now yeah but this has never not been mess. a broken mess the a lot of Bungie never is just not very... been that reactionary right now to every update to Destiny. It's like, okay, we made this cool thing, but wait, we broke half the other crap, so we have to hurry up and fix this before we do other new stuff. That's the that's the yeah. trouble they're in right now. They have a, one exotic weapon called Telesto in the game that just breaks everything every time something new happens. Every time they put something new in the game, Telesto breaks it somehow. And I mean, it, that's it, the problem with an ever-expanding game. Like, a game that doesn't well, end, and... that you're just always adding to all the time. The, the groundwork you've laid five years ago is suddenly outdated and, and broken. I mean, World of Warcraft pulled it now. off. Well, it, you got to look at, like, it, for example, like their their PvP has been broken since they started with 4v4 maps, and they wound up on 6v6 as the team base. I mean, that probably works. Everyone likes playing Shipman and COD, and that that map is <laughs> too big. That map's too small for people with 4v4. <laughs> Fair, it, but it's still, it's just like with all the different abilities and all the different things that can go on, it's not, it's not a serious PvP game. People take it ser more seriously than they should, but it, it's more of a fun, silly PvP for me. I mean, there's only two serious PvP games. Valorant? And Counter-Strike. Okay. To, like, trying to think of number two. I well, think of number two. if you wanted to do a third, it'd be League I, of Legends. I would say Counter-Strike and... <laughs> Well, I was thinking shooters, but yeah, if we're doing just shooters, I listen. Legends, Valorant. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about its staying power. I know, Andy. You're 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 not even interested in Destiny. Nothing about this interests you at all. I have one word in five letters. Is the whole reason I'm never going to play it. G R I N D. 
(laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) Fair. Every every single time they even do the slightest little update or whatever, you got to regrind all these levels and then the levels do you shit. They don't do anything for you. Yeah. They don't. You grind all these levels, you still go on a patrol and that same dredge is taking the same amount of shots every single fucking time you shoot that same fucking dredge takes the same amount of fucking shots no matter how powerful your gun is it still takes the same amount unless of you're shots. underpowered don't forget if you're underpowered that that drag will shit on you well yeah yeah if you're not high enough level that same drag that you can never really get powerful enough to just kill in one shot no matter what will destroy you if you're under yeah it's 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 bullshit and it pissed me off and i'm done with it (laughs) fair enough it's a fair criticism matt are you in the same boat nothing will bring you back to destiny i wouldn't go that strong um (laughs) the word free Uh, is powerful (laughs) yes i mean the fact that it was announced during that showcase i thought was interesting uh you know that's i'd call that for me one of those things that I thought, huh, that's neat. Didn't yeah. super excite me. Um, you know, I, I guess getting a DLC for free as part of Game Pass, eh, I might give it a spin. I don't know. I wouldn't say there's nothing that could possibly bring me back, but <laughs> there's just so much good stuff out there that, you know, I have to really be compelled to return to Destiny. Yeah, and that's a problem uh, you know, with a lot of stuff. Else. Yeah, I got, I got, my back catalog is still so fucking big, and I feel like I just play the same four games over and over again. I need to just set aside time to be like, I need to play older stuff. I've been trying to do that, but then I realized half the games I play are just free Riot games. <laughs> Finally beat Fallout, though. Yay. There you go. And Doom. <laughs> Check that box. And Doom 2016. You haven't got the Doom Eternal yet? It's got to be under $10. <laughs> A lot of games I buy, I don't. I wait till they're at least fifteen. I mean, you, you were on my Steam account; you could have just played it then. Well, that's not on my good PC. I mean, you could. You had my password. Yeah, but I was trying to do it real quick. It, it, I'm not getting into it right now. There's a <laughs> different discussion. Uh, Ian, I'll check with Which you too. Any changed. any any interest to come back to Destiny or no? You done with it uh, too? Maybe if there's crossplay. I mean, that's coming eventually. They, eventually. Yeah, they did say that. Yeah, and yeah. The Apex said that too. It's. it's, it's coming now like two years later yeah. and they said that at launch they said that at launch i think i think they people i think i think bungie has that. i thought they confirmed with their their first event like back a couple yeah. months ago that they like sometime in next year i don't know if it's yeah, early they, next year or yeah, they're, well they don't give specific dates on shit okay yeah sometime 2021 crossplay is supposed to happen for destiny yeah. then maybe probably and, and i'll only be playing through a vpn at that time, um, peer-to-peer networking, opening it up to cross-play with PC, they already have enough problems with people cheating and using booters and all that fun stuff in their PvP world. I, I can't wait till they open it up to PC and have the networking working that way. That frightens me, actually. Uh, Alright, so that's all we got for Destiny. So we're up to Mike again. Next game for you. Oh shit, you brought that up, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I figured it was Destiny. Like That's what I was going to talk about next. Um, Alright, what's your plan B? Well, the only thing I have left, other than what I know Ian will talk about next, because um, I know he's been saving it, but uh, the Tetris effect looked awesome. 
Um, it looked like a PvP delve back into Tetris, but it looked like this time you're going to be able to throw blocks on your opponent's spot wherever you want. As well as trying to build your own, you're also trying to like fight off your like mess up your opponent's build at the same time, so you yeah. can choose what to do. That to me looks like an awesome fun time. Fair. Part of that trailer they showed, it looked like four side by side by side by side Tetris grids. It looked like it was all part of the same play field. That seemed. I want to know what that's about. You know, that's of- that's what I think is the multiplayer, where like each color represents a different person. Yeah. And you're messing with other people's builds, is what I took from that. I was wondering if there's more of a co-op element to it, like where you, know, you have to make a massive lines across four different play fields. That'd be nice uh, if they did okay. both. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But I also... I, Tetris, it's not that tough to do it. I like the... Um, yeah. the I didn't play it, but I like the, the, the Tetris 100 like being a battle royale. I like that kind of thing. I wonder if they would bring that mode back. Because, oh, the t- uh, Tetris 99. Yeah, Tetris 99. I yeah. got into that in the Switch a whole lot. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Th- that four-player thing, you know, competitive or co-op, it at least looked like it set itself apart from Tetris 99. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's not a lot to say. It's Tetris, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, Andy, where are you at on Tetris? Excited? Not excited? Um, don't care. There was a Tetris game that did have a little bit of multiplayer to it, and it was odd. So, I'm <laughs> sort of... Tetris of... Yeah. Oh, because that is this one, I think. I'm reading it now. It says this is a new version of Tetris Effect, so... Yeah, it's Tetris Effect Connected. Uh, it says uh, co- so, okay. co-op, competitive, online, and lo- local multiplayer. You would hope that so the... they, could, they could handle couch co-op on a Tetris game. You would hope <laughs> the Series X is powerful enough. To... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if Series X can handle Tetris. This might be an xCloud-only game. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's the another another round through everybody. Uh, just curious, how many games does everybody have left to talk about? Because I'm out. Three, one. Yeah, I'm done. Mike, I'm sure you Ian will talk about one of them. One. Okay, uh, I, and I'm sure Ian will bring it up. So and do you got any more games you need to talk about? Um, two. Okay. I couldn't remember what the hell they were, but I'm looking at the list right now. So. <laughs> all right, we'll come. Ba- <laughs> we'll come back to you. Oh no, I mean, I can... um. I know what they are now. I looked at the list. Well, we'll spin around. We'll go back in order again. So Ian's Ian's up Thank first. God. So Hellshake Yano 2. I mean, <laughs> Hellblade 2. So I really want to go check out the first one now. The trailer looked really cool. It's made by the same studio that made the Devil May Cry remake, remaster, whatever the fuck we're calling those nowadays. They made that <laughs> Devil May Cry game that was called DMC, Detroit Metal City. And I, so this looked cool. I think that kind of gameplay is really fun. And I would like to try it out. I'm, I'm definitely going to go back. I've already looked. It was just on sale for the Steam Summer Sale. So I'm going to wait for the next one and snag it for my under $10. Well, I think it's on Game Pass, too, if you have uh, yeah. Xbox One. Uh, I'll have to see if it's on the PC Game Pass. I, I, uh, For Hellblade, I would say definitely play it. Um. As far as smaller titles go, that to me is the absolute best one that came out this console generation. It is an incredible experience. Play with a headset. Take their audio settings if you can manage it. Um, it, it is very audio intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be a little tough to play with a headset if you have ear problems. Um, and it is the combat is amazing. The puzzles are amazing. The story is awesome. 
And yeah, the new game looks incredible. Like, it just, you know, it looks even better than the last one did, and the last one looked pretty damn good, too. The first game is one of those games that always sort of intrigued me. Like, it looked really cool, but I wasn't really sure, based on any of the trailers that I saw, like, what kind of game you were really getting into. But it always looked like... Third-person action. It, it always looked like it had really good graphics, and it looked like it had sort of like that fantasy theme that I sort of really like, so... I mean, it definitely has a message. It definitely has a point, you know, not to get too far into it with, like, kind of yeah. mental illness. I, I think the whole atmosphere is more important than the combat, per se. On paper, it is a third-person action game, but I don't think you're coming to that game for the combat. Um, so if the world and the overall concept of the game sounds appealing to you but definitely i would definitely check it out but don't knock the combat no i'm not saying it's terrible <laughs> the, the not, combat is, is awesome in the game it's well. just you're right it's not entirely about the combat but the combat is great and for someone like like andy ian you guys it, get into it it's not a long game it's like eight to ten hours okay um depending on you know what you if do. you fail sections yeah. and stuff like that, like how many times you have to replay or how quickly you figure out puzzles. But it, it's an 8 to 10 hour game, and that's not a lot of commitment from us gamers, 8 to 10 hours. And I played through it once, and like I literally had, I think, 90% of the achievements in that 8 to 10 hours I played. And the only one I missed was like a collectibles one. Um, So it's definitely, you know, it's not expansive, but that 8 to 10 hour experience is one of the best 8 to 10 hour experiences I had this generation. Gotcha. So, definitely looking forward to the next one. Hope it's a bigger, more expansive game. I hope they expand that experience of that 8 to 10 hours out to maybe more like 20. I don't want it to be a 50 or 60 hour campaign, but a 20 would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think 20 would be the upper upper limit. You know, I thought, you know, the first one was the right length. I think it said what it needed to say. It didn't drag on. Um, you know, if they could fill 20 hours of content, fantastic. If it's another 8 to 10 hour game, though, I'll be perfectly happy. Right. Oh, and it's uh, the studio, the Ninja Theory, who I always get confused with Team Ninja, so I always think <laughs> it's the same studio. But yeah, it is on PC Game Pass, so I'm going to try out the first one. There you go. Have you played it, Brian? I have not, no. Now you have to. <laughs> It's a short game. That's that. That's the the draw in. It's short, and you can get into it. Add it. Add it to the list. Um. Anything else that we want to touch on for this game? Anything else? Nothing. All right. Uh. Over to Matt. Yeah. Hellblade Two was my last one. I'll say one other quick impression was uh, from Psychonauts Two. Um. Not so much for that game because I hadn't played Psychonauts One to be honest. But uh, I'm a big fan of Double Fine. Um, so if you like point and click adventure games, uh, I'm hoping that they come out with something along those lines for series X. That would be mind blowing to me. Uh, I don't know if anyone's fans of, uh, maniac mansion or broken age or any of those type of games, but if you are double fine and Tim Schafer is, you know, he's the man he invented the genre. Like maniac mansion from like Nintendo. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. That was a. F- He's been at for a while. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God, that was a good game. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much went to his first game and his most recent game, like Broken Age. You know, <laughs> came out a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, great storyteller, lots of humor. Um, I I love Double Fine. Um, 
and Brutal Legend 2. I would love for that to exist, but... I mean, they were showing sure Jack Black. Black. I thought for sure they were going to talk about Brutal Legend 2. <laughs> but, yeah, we didn't get that. But he had a he had a nice song in the trailer. It was fun. He did, yeah, he did get a song in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's an actual character in the game or if he just sings sometimes or what, but, you know, <laughs> good for him getting some work in. Um, all right, so we'll spin around to Andy. What are what are one of your two games that are left? Um, Fable. Okay. Uh, I never actually played any of the Fable games, and I've always meant to, you know, sort of get into those because I've heard really good things about them. But I think it would be a cool time to do it if, you know, go to the next generation, get a badass, like, 4K TV and, like, let her rip, you know. There you go. That's your goal for next gen. That was the thing with the Fable games for me is I played all of them and I enjoyed it, but especially like the first one and when they re-released it as I think it was the Lost Chapters and added in like a little extra in-game quest content. The thing with the Fable games though is like each iteration of it got more simple combat-wise to where it was like this is almost not a game. It's not difficult <laughs> at all. It's like I'm just kind of playing this to play it. Um, I will say the two things I noticed is that this is being made by the studio that made all the Forza Horizon games, which surprised me. This is their first non-car game. No, and okay. they didn't say whether or not Peter Molyneux, who was the lead designer on the original Fable, is involved in all. I know he has credits in all three Fables, but I believe Fable 3, he wasn't heavily involved. He was just a producer. So that's something too. And then the fact that it's called Fable, so I'm thinking it's like a reboot. So hopefully that means we'll get interesting combat and not <laughs> the little bullshit that I had in Fable 3 that wasn't <laughs> really a game, honestly, combat-wise. I, Yeah, I mean, I, I played the first Fable. I played about half of the second Fable. I tried the third one, and I, I, I just couldn't play them. For basically what Ian's saying, like, the combat just wasn't there. I don't even, like, it's so long ago since I played the first Fable that I don't remember much about it. Like, I played that one yeah, a lot. That's... I know I beat that one a good many times. Me and my brother really enjoyed those games. But, like, Fable 3's combat essentially is Dark Souls for babies. Like, you could set a small <laughs> child there and they could beat that game. You just gotta walk them to the fights. <laughs> yeah, and, and I feel like that's simplifying the combat is something I just never enjoy. You know, it's one of the, like, the only... I, I, it's like the, the recent Spider-Man and the Batman Arkham games, they have this very optional in-depth combat system that you can use if you want, or you can just mash attack and directions, and both will kind of work. And I, I feel like it's that same kind of thing where like the simplified combat, to me, isn't as replayable, and it doesn't hold that interest from me. And I feel like in the case of Fable, simplifying it the way they did, definitely. It's like a quality of life thing, but at the same time, like, I don't necessarily want that. I mean, there was no depth to the combat. It is the most simple thing, and I know another thing that people didn't like about 3 is literally the whole game you have a green trail leading you to the next objective. Like, whether you want it oh. on or not, it's just always there telling you oh, this is like, exactly where to go. Almost like the thing in Dead Space where you could be like, oh, this is where I need to go. Oh, this is where I need to go. But it was constant? It was constant. It just was always there leading you to the next thing. Oof. H having the option to, like, turn something like that on and off is fine. 
if you you know if I've been sitting there looking around for where the hell I'm supposed to go next for an hour, and I can't figure it out. All right, let me turn this thing on real quick, and see just just give me a direction, and I'll head off in that that way. But so, something like that that you, you can't turn off would drive me insane because you're not even playing the game at that point. Isn't part of it exploring the world? No, and not, actually exploring. Not really, because uh, they just tell you where to go. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And, and that to me is just like defeating so much of the purpose. Uh, Matt, you play any Fable? I haven't. You know, it's one of those series that like I almost got into, <laughs> um, but no, I haven't played any of them. I, I saw those. You know, it's just Fable as well. So if it is a reboot, you know, maybe this is uh, my entry point. Yeah. Because that's one of the things, it's a really cool world where, like, the, one of the big things is, is there's just a giant amount of heroes, but, like, the fantasy kind, not the Marvel kind, going around <laughs> killing and slaying shit. Lost me. You lost me. So, there's this thing where you don't have superpowers, you just get really skilled, and you <laughs> defeat enough things, people call you a hero. <laughs> Those are actual heroes. As opposed to people that are only heroes because of superpowers. Super. Or because they're gotcha. rich. Yeah, or because they're rich. That's true. Those, those, those ones are also. Or they're aliens. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I want to say like I mean I might have played Fable Three for a little bit because I think that was one of the first games that was like free with gold. It was, yeah. Like whenever they started that, so I was like, oh, free game! This is fucking great. And I think I think I played it for a little bit, and I was like, it just it didn't grab me the way I thought it would. So yeah, I, I of course I've never you played pay on any other getting grabbed that way. True. Um. But I never played, I guess, any of the other Fable games, so I don't know comparatively, combat-wise, what, you know, how it felt to three compared to the other ones. Since three is my only exposure to that. But I mean, if this one's hitting Game Pass, yeah, we could, I could jump in and give this a shot, see what it's like when it shows up. Um, so I think the only people that have games left to talk about, Andy and Ian, right? Andy's got one more. Ian's got two. One now. One. Yeah, Fable so who wants to go first one. and see if you got the same game to talk about? Let's let Andy go. I bet he's got the same one. All right, we'll both say it on on one. All right, <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Balen Wonderland. Ah. All right, Andy, go ahead. Uh, the game I wanted to talk about was that Balen Balen Wonderland or whatever the hell it was called. Oh, that was like in the pre-show, Wonder right? Yeah. 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 Wonder World. Yeah. Whatever the hell it's called. I don't know. Yeah. They got the thing with the, the hat. Thing with the hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that the thing with like the Dragon Quest guys or something? Is that? Uh, no, that was, that was Sonic's no. team and uh, or some guy from Sonic and Square Enix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, where they have their own little studio within Square e- Square Enix. Okay. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah. Called Ballin Wonderland. Wonder World or whatever the hell it's called. I can't even remember. Yeah. But it's Wonder World, but the first word I have no idea how to say it. Straight up. Well, on the straight pre-show, up. they kept saying Wonderland and Wonder World as well. Okay. So, yeah, straight up balling, you. A... Um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it looked interesting to me, but it didn't look that different from one of the kingdom hearts games to me also right you know? mm-hmm. so yeah. um I, I don't know how it's going to differentiate itself from those being that those are also from square enix 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I think they have a long way to go to show me how it separates itself from a lot of those other type of action, like quirky kind of games. Right. Um, I think they were having a heavy emphasis on music from that. From what I remember. Yeah, I think they said uh, it's like know, based I, on I, musicals, which seemed cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know Square has been into like theatric rhythm, I, I know, like Final Fantasy theater rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to be dipping their toes more and more into that music genre lately. So, you know, if they have a unique twist, if it's more of a real RPG with music as a as a you know, key element, you know, it could be interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely yeah, caught my attention. It, it, in the previous yeah, time. it looked um, it looked like it would be neat, and I thought the character designs were really cool, and the art to it was was pretty neat. Um, but I think they have a lot. That was one thing they were hyping, right? Like character customization. Right. Or the well, that and they, that were in they that said the word action. It must have been like 1,800 times. Oh, that's action, right. Uh, action yeah. game. Action game. Action game. You know, like we're making action game. So um, <laughs> I think they have a long way to go to show me that I'm going to want to play it. But right now I'm intrigued. Fair enough. That also reminds me of this, like, the music thing. There was that 360 RPG Eternal Sonata which was based on like um, Frederick Chopin's music somewhat. So that that was always fun getting to hear like that classical kind of music. So I wonder if this could deliver something like that too. So that was a JS RPG, JRPG. Was it, was it JS? <laughs> you don't want to get into it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anybody else have anything to add for, for Balan Wonderland? Wonderworld, whatever it was. Now I'm confused too. I got as excited as those guys because they had a lot of energy. I enjoyed they, they them did <laughs> They did have, I thought, the most energy out of any of the um, what would you call them? Devs. Pre- any of the dev presenters, yeah. The presenters, yeah. Yeah. Like, compare that to the dudes being like, oh, skate, skate's back. It was a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those dudes. <laughs> um, all right, Ian, your, your last game, Stalker. Stalker 2. So I, I never got super into the first game. I played it some. It's definitely not now. I'm like, I got to go back and do it. They've made a couple other Stalker games since then, but this is the first Stalker 2. Based on the trailer, it looked cool, that kind of um, post-Chernobyl kind of apocalyptic wasteland. And I think one of the key elements we'll see, we saw some of these stalkers going around in the world, and we saw the world kind of moving, so I wonder if this is a Strand-type game. If this is the new Strand <laughs> game, interacting with the world and creating new things. I think this could be it. Sticking to that Death Stranding genre that you so desperately want to happen. Well, Kojima's <laughs> working on a horror game, so it'll be our first Strand-type horror game. <laughs> have you played Death Stranding? No. Okay. Oh, I have. <laughs> it's one. great. It is, yeah. I guess gotta wait for it to go on sale. I got the same rule. Uh, <laughs> Ten bucks. PC version just came out, or do you have a PS4 as well? No, I know. I gotta wait for the PC to go on sale, which I don't mm-hmm. even think it's on sale yet. But I know what a strand game is, and this could be a strand <laughs> game. <laughs> know what it is? Shot. Have not, by not playing the basis for which you are basing this genre. I mean, but I've talked to you. He Kojima. made up the genre. You talked to him. He made up the genre. <laughs> so he gets to define the rules. Is Kojima another one of your close personal friends? No, he was doing an interview and I asked the questions. <laughs> um, so, anybody else have anything for Stalker? I don't really have much to contribute for that one. Ian, did you play the Nothing. first game? No, I'm definitely going to go back and try it out, but I know 
when I did, it was when I had a weak-ass PC, which I think is why I didn't keep playing it. <laughs> so now I'll be able to overclock it. It will have seamless load times. I'll be living in the future. I'll be living in a post-Strantite world. <laughs> Still going. All right, uh, so we'll try to wind it down here. Just a couple general questions. So, I mean, did the, did the event, I guess, influence you one way or the other as far as, like, what console you may decide to... Or maybe I should say which console you may decide to buy first. Let's push you further to an Xbox, away from an Xbox, towards PS4. Don't really care. PS5. P- yeah, sorry, yes, PS5. Uh, they, they, they're soon to announce we're getting another stimulus check, and that means I'm just going to buy them both at launch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, these are all on PC, so I'm going to just play them on PC, which is what I was very excited when they first announced that all their first-party games would be on PC, so I can play them on the best platform. So do you plan on getting Game Pass for PC now? I'm going to at least get it like here and there to play the games I want. We're going to have to see, because not all of them are for sure going to be on the PC version of Game Pass. So, Right, yeah, that's the PC version of Game Pass is technically still in its beta. Hopefully, just like Fortnite will never leave, because that means it stays at $5. <laughs> Fair enough. Although I will note, if uh, you're not aware, um, if you were to, say, currently buy a year's worth of Xbox Live Gold to add to your account if you have Game Pass paid for already. It will only add four months to your account of Game Pass. They fixed that whole thing where Brian and I used that. At least Brian, I know Brian and I did. I don't know if anybody else yeah, did. Yeah, I did, yeah, I just said he, I did, I yeah, did it as well. Did it too, yeah. Matt did it too. Where the, you mean, yeah, so I recently tried to add another you year. You mean the ultimate? And I, uh, yeah. Tried to add another year and I'm good. Instead of June... 2022. I'm now good up till October of 2022 instead of June 2023. Sounds about so right. It, it added four months instead of adding. Well, yeah, because it ultimates 15 bucks a month. So if you try to pay right. 60 bucks, you're getting four months worth of the service. Well, right, but I didn't know that. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Like I didn't realize that was a thing, and then I did it, and it tells you it's a thing, but I already had the code paid for. Like I already had the card, I had the code paid for. There was nothing I could do to yeah undo it. So okay. So well, they were just like. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, basically, like you already bought this code. You're so basically, it's just like whatever you count. I, I guess it's to the point now. It's just whatever you pay. If you pay sixty bucks, you're getting four months. If you pay forty five dollars, well, getting if you months. have Game Pass added, if you didn't have Game Pass added, I think the exploit would probably still work. Uh, if you, you didn't three years yeah, of gold them together. and pay for a single month, yeah. of gotcha. Ultimate. But because Game Pass is on there. Whatever you add is adding Game Pass on. Yeah, because I feel like we'll get to a point whenever the three years is up that it's like, okay, you're not going to be able to separate the two anymore, so you're pretty much stuck with getting Game Pass and Live together. So if you want to up one of them, you're up- upping both of them, and that's just how it's well, going to continue I for the foreseeable really future. I really hope they don't try and pull Well, I mean, at that price, though, including xCloud, I, I mean, it almost seems like you should do that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. If the price stays the it's, same. Yeah, 15 oh, they They're going to raise it after the three years. They said X, with yeah. xCloud's just included in the Ultimate, so they shouldn't be changing the price. No, no, I don't mean that. I'm talking. So- I'm talking like if the price stays the same, the price of the service eventually in, could t- go in up. 2022. We don't know that it's going to be fifteen dollars a month. At fifteen dollars a month, it's worth the value. If it's thirty dollars, well, a I month, think that's what people are saying value. is that with them even adding that, they're going to keep the price the same for the foreseeable future. Well, I'm sort of, I'm sort of with Mike. I think for now, that's where we're at. But yeah, two years from now, you know, Netflix every two years is giving you another two dollars worth on their 
subscription fee and stuff like that. So, you know, Xbox could do that too, especially if they're not, if they are not selling consoles and they are really pushing this games as a service thing, the subscriptions you would think are going to go up. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but three, four, five years down the line, I think that's definitely something that's going to happen. Sure, they want to get everyone invested in the ecosystem now before right. raising the price later. And if it's a couple bucks, I mean, I don't think I'd even complain about that. Yeah, I don't think they jump as far as another fifteen dollars a month, but maybe another five bucks. Like it might, I could see twenty bucks a month coming in a couple years. It's a, it's all a matter of does the cost justify what you're using it for? If you're you know if you're somebody that plays one game off of Game Pass, like say you're a Destiny player and you just play Destiny. And maybe once or twice a year you download another game and mess with it. It's not worth the price. Just buy the game that you play. Because, right. I mean, so many people end up in this day and age as one game players. Yeah. It happens. Um, But if you're, you know, say, just look at the price of games is $60 when they come out new. Is there enough games that you're downloading the day they release and playing that it covers that cost that you would have paid for anyways. Right. Yeah, because then on top of the game, you're going to pay 60 bucks for anyway. You are getting Xbox Live. You are getting xCloud. You are getting access to other games right. besides the one you're going to pay for. So, that Well, yeah. I mean, access to, but it, like, would you, are, are you going to play them? Right. And that, that's what I mean. Like, you got to determine if that's the value to you or not. Well, again, that's a, that's a problem for, for future us to worry about because as of right now, it's 15 <laughs> bucks a month, so we're good. Yeah, as of right now, it's well for me, it was a dollar. Well, right. However, yeah, how long it was. Plus we're loaded months. up for a couple years. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to the question. So, one way or the other, is it pushing you away from an Xbox? Does it matter more towards PS5? Andy, where are you at with this? Does it? Did this showcase sell you on an Xbox Series X? Eventually. Okay. No, you're not going to elaborate. Just that's it. Eventually. <laughs> you um. I, I tend to sort of go with the PlayStations at this point as like the first. So you're still thinking that would be the first one out of the gate is PS5 for Probably. you? Okay. Um, unless Xbox is something that really blows my mind, which this so this showcase had some stuff that I thought was would be beneficial to look into, but nothing really was just like, oh my god, I need one. So <laughs> Right. Uh, Matt, where are you at? Uh, well, I was going to get both on launch, if at all possible, anyway. I guess based off of the presentations, if I, if I only saw just the presentations, I think Sony far and away did better with their more recent game presentations. So yeah. just on that alone, I'd go PS5 if I had to, had to pick one. Uh, with that said... I don't think they communicated that, nor was it really the point of this one. You know, Microsoft is playing more of the long game. For know, sure, they, yes. With the Game Pass, with the value proposition, you know, not so much in this in this presentation, but they didn't want to get caught on the low end of the hardware race anymore either, you know. Um, so I think Microsoft actually brings a great overall package to the table. So, you know, I'm happily and get my money's worth in in both ecosystems but um you know game pass has kind of won me over you know as you said brian it's a uh, the today me is very happy about it yeah. <laughs> we'll see what they do a couple of years from now but for now um you know my xbox one x uh is the more powerful system than my ps4 pro 
quieter and great value with the game. So, you know, if Microsoft yeah. can keep that train rolling, uh, I think, you know, Xbox is going to continue to gain significant market share against uh, against Sony. This is something I feel like Ian and I have gone back and forth just texting, and I know we've talked about it on the show before, but uh, the, the different approaches that Sony and Microsoft are taking for this generation. Sony still wants that hard line. PS4 is done. You want to play games on Sony, you are getting a PS5. That's It's a generational leap. Microsoft, like Matt says, do in the long game, where they're not saying, okay, once the Xbox Series X launches, if you want to play these games, you have to get this system. No, they're saying maybe two years from now, you will need to get an Xbox Series X. But over those two years, we're going to release them both on an Xbox One and a Series X. You can play where you want to play. They're giving you that variety. They're not forcing your hand, which, you know, depending on what you want to do, you have options. Now, I, I, the problem is, based on the show and the stuff that Microsoft is showing, there are more games that appeal to me on PS5 that are exclusive and you can only play them on PlayStation as opposed to the Xbox. The Xbox, to me, for the Series X, does not have a lot of killer apps that I need to get this system to play, um, which I much rather support Microsoft's model of like get it when you can we're not going to force you to get it on launch day but Sony to me has the better games which is what I want to play so I'm leaning towards a PS5 because that's the stuff I'd rather play when the system announces so I don't, like I'm I, it's a catch-22 where I want to I want to buy the Series X because I feel like Microsoft is doing the right model I'd rather play the long game with them but the fact that Sony has stuff that you can might only be able to play on the PS5 and they're going to be available shortly after launch or something like that. Like I, that's pushing me to that system. So I'm still supporting the older model of that type of marketing strategy, which I'm hoping doesn't continue. But if I go buy a PS5 and everybody else does the same, then that will be the norm going forward. I think Microsoft is very much ahead of the curve and I'd like to see that continue. But I think they're okay with it. That's why the games are going to come out on the one for one to two years, first party at least. They're okay with you going and buying the PS5 year one. They're there to get you to keep paying for Game Pass year after year, and eventually you'll upgrade to the Xbox One X. Like they're gonna probably be losing money on it, the yeah. Series X, the whole time. They, they're not they're not concerned with selling the console. They just want you on the experience. They probably don't even care if you buy it. They're like, play it on your Android. We don't give a shit. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're still signing up for the yeah, XCloud yeah. service in that scenario. They're, so, they're yeah. probably next generation for Microsoft's probably gonna be essentially a PC that runs games through the Game Pass. I think they're going to be moving I mean, towards that where it's barely going to... It's not going to be a traditional video game console at that point. It's going to be built around that kind of service. Right. Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, specs-wise right now, I have a fairly current, fairly powerful PC. I mean, I'm running, what, like the third or fourth down the line of newest NVIDIA, you know cards in a 2070 super and it's coming out the series x on launch is more powerful than what i already have in my yeah. pc just on just straight you know like they they use teraflops it's not the only thing that you can measure by but they use that and the series x is coming out more powerful than what i already have not by a lot I guess that's kind of I guess there. what I'd like to see for for Microsoft's long game strategy here is like you know maybe the the Sony the PS5 might well presumably I I think we could probably all predict that it's probably going to sell more systems when it launches. What I'd like to see is what the sales numbers are for the systems over a year. 
Will Sony start to tamp- tamper off? Will they die down a little bit? Will, will Microsoft gain momentum as the years go on? Because maybe it's a more powerful system. People are starting to get used to what that does. Maybe they want to, you know, if it gets reviewed better just from people, that it is the better well, technically faster system than what the PS5 is and runs games somewhat better or something like that. Or are people just going to go where they like games better? And traditionally, that ends up being the PS5. Microsoft has always struggled with exclusives to get people to buy their consoles. Sure. Well, I think the one thing that always leads early in the generation is people just go where their friends go. So right. early on, it yeah. kind of just snowballs early on. And I know Sony, they uh, recently doubled their order for PS5s for year end. It went from 5 to 10 million. Okay. Yeah. So they're planning on moving they, a lot of units. And yeah. Like I said, I think Microsoft's completely fine with it. They're here to make this a service to close their own ecosystem. They're not as concerned about the hardware anymore. Yeah. And I think another big thing is when we're talking about PC users aren't going to buy Xboxes. Right. Because anything that comes out for an Xbox, even if it's not on PC Game Pass, you can buy it for your right. PC. With a PlayStation, that's not PlayStation exclusives. Usually you wait a long time or never. Yeah, yeah it's very like, recent where you could get any Sony game on PC. I mean, that's, that's a new yeah. strategy for Sony. And if they continue that strategy is to be seen, but it's something where you can't get PlayStation titles at launch on PC. And maybe some of them just never period, like I said. And I feel like PC gamers may buy PlayStations. Pure PC gamers like Ian. You're not going to buy an Xbox. There's no reason to. Yeah. Right. But a PlayStation, if if a game intrigues you enough, you might buy it because you can't get it for what you want. Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball 4. (laughs) <laughs> Announce it. There you go. Put, put it out. You know, buy a PlayStation Five. That's why I'm waiting to get my PS4 for. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it, it's just something where I feel like that's going to hurt their sales numbers. Is just that entire potential market that they don't. Right. Well, I think Microsoft hit. is. They're trying to change the game. I think mm-hmm. kind of like Nintendo is very good at doing the. I mean, they're yeah way yeah. beyond. They're they're their own animal. I think Microsoft is trying to do the same thing. Like they know toe to toe. They may not ever catch up to Sony, but Microsoft is pinning their hopes on, well, we don't care, you know, to the point of, we'll let you play on Xbox One for a couple years. We don't care as long as you're playing Game Pass. That's where we're making our money. You know, if you compare Game Pass to PS Now, it's almost, you know, flipped, you know, Game Pass is fantastic, xCloud probably be good. I don't know. I mean, better than Stadia or better than uh, anything on PS Now. So, you know, it's a matter of which strategy is going to win in the end. You know, I I think Microsoft is going all in on this uh, Game Pass strategy. I don't think they can come right. back from it. So I mean, this is something they started with the Xbox up. One. Like that first E3 where everyone shit down their throat for it. A lot of that yeah. stuff is what they're doing now and people actually like it. Yeah. And once it was implemented. Now, yeah. It's the drastic change. That, yeah. that split point of like tomorrow you have to stop doing it and you have to do it this way now. People don't like that. You gradually sprinkle that in over time, breadcrumb it, and people accept that a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And I think Ian sent me this one article and I don't remember where it came from, but Basically talking about the console wars and, and sort of like to Matt's point, how like Nintendo's doing their own thing. They don't fucking care what the hell else everybody else is doing. Typically it comes down to Sony and Microsoft facing off for a new console. But like Matt was saying and Ian's been saying, the the service of Xbox and Microsoft, they don't seem like they care what Sony's doing. So which seems to put to bed the console wars. Sony's going to so, sell systems because that's what's going to happen. Xbox is going to sign or sell subscriptions to Game Pass and Live because that's what they're going for. 
and Nintendo's going to still move systems and games and whatever the hell they're doing on their corner with the Switch, so everybody's fine. There's less competition here, and everybody kind of wins. Like, they're all going for different things. Like, Sony's trying to sell their hardware, Microsoft's doing the service, and Nintendo's making toys. Yeah. Like, they're all yes. doing their own... Mar- well, they're all going after different market segments. Yeah. Yeah, they, Nintendo has, like, that 15 and under and nostalgia and families. market locked A lot down. of families go for Nintendo products. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the 15 and under market. Well, I'm, I'm talking about adults part and stuff, of it. too. I think there's a lot of adults, just kid, like, parents with kids will play that stuff, too. Play with their kids. Right, and I think that's, but I mean, part of it is locking down that those kids want to play it. Right, yeah. And they did the thing but, of and, and mobile, the mobile, like system, Matt said, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that thing is so convenient. The Switch is so convenient just to be like, eh, I want to watch TV, but I also kind of want to do this. I can yeah. do both. <laughs> yeah, that's why perfect I feel like Animal X-Cloud's, Crossing. XCloud's going to break me. Like, I'm going to be playing on my phone, like, all the time. <laughs> I have to get a new tablet for that, or I have to resign myself to using like the old USB cords. I got to get a tablet that has a USB 3.0 yeah. on it. Yeah, get a controller. I couldn't possibly imagine playing Destiny on like on-screen controls. That would <laughs> oh, be God, excruciating. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for all the accessories to come out for all that stuff too. Well, yeah, just get a regular Bluetooth controller, and then you have your Tesla yeah. drive you into work whenever <laughs> people start going to work again. <laughs> And that's how you do your raids in Destiny. You want <laughs> rush hour. That's living yeah. the dream right there. They're like, oh, great traffic yeah. jam. Nice. <laughs> Time for a raid. Um, Ian, I don't remember if we, we came back around to you. For As far as like consoles, are you actually planning on getting a PS5 or are you just sticking with PC and that's it? Uh, PC and that's it. Like I said, I, I'm only getting a PS4 now because I, I don't have a Blu-ray player and there's a couple games I want to get back to mostly. Like, um, They re- ended up releasing Zero Dawn on PC, so it's one less like PS4 game I need right. to go for, so it's really just kind of like Dead or Alive, and then Spider Man, and um, there's probably like I'd probably try out Bloodborne because I don't think that remaster's ever really gonna happen because they're kind of busy making some it other game. It doesn't need to. Yeah, it does. Yeah. They need it to get running at 60 FPS and make it not jank. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's just less reason. Like the thing that was going for me, I don't know if they've announced if the new consoles will play 4K Blu-rays. That's the only kind of thing I'm still looking for because I don't. The PS4 does not play 4K Blu-rays and like 4K. Right. So, I thought they both announced. PS5 and Series X had 4K Blu-ray players. They like, might have, I but I, I know it. for sure. Like, I'm not buying those at launch. I, I don't know the last yeah. time I bought a console at launch. It always seems better to wait almost because you don't get red ringed or you don't get the jet <laughs> engine PS4. Uh, yeah, that first batch yeah. could be a little rough. To be fair, the Xbox I have in front of me right now is a launch day Xbox One. And it still runs... Fine. I mean, it's not as fast as a One X. No, so sometimes you get with the hardware, but, but for me, there's usually not the games I want at launch. I'm usually like, it's either something that would have been fair. coming out on the last system anyways, anyways, still I'll play, or just play other stuff. Yeah. I mean, for that, I mean, this generation specifically, a lot of it's going to depend on, like, what day does this stuff release? As to whether I'm chomping at the bit to have a you know, that right away at launch. Because technically, like I said, it, it's actually more powerful than my PC. Right. By yeah. a little bit. But if that little bit of more power means I can play Cyberpunk at that little bit of more power, 
that's the launch game that like it's coming out for everything but that's the game for me where i want to play that game at the absolute best possible settings I yeah can. but with that we don't know if they'll have a series x version or a ps5 version of it currently at least maybe not series x just like are you going to play the xbox one version on your series x or oh, is there okay. an upgraded version point. i don't think they've commented on that yet with sony it's a little right. harder we also don't know their whole thing but and we, and we also don't know if we're going to be able to like choose how much visual settings we're going to be able to adjust with a Series X. Like the way on PC, I can determine yeah. how much and what power to turn, I want to put even into the what game. things you want to turn down. Or maybe if you don't care about right. shadows or something, I I don't know, lighting or fucking smoke. You can choose smoke show. You can choose to make your PC work hard to run the game. Whereas currently on Xbox, we can't really do that with any games. So will Series X have those options or not? That's the kind of thing I would have liked to have seen here as well. Or soon. Yeah. I want to know, like, what can we do with Series X that we can't do with Xbox? Because I know, like, for the PS4, like, right now with, like, Ghost of Tsushima, I've heard it's kind of not playable on the, like, enhanced graphics mode. You almost have to put it in performance mode to get, like, stable FPS and stuff. So, I want, yeah. Oh, really? So I wonder if, like, if they'll even give you options at the launch of how you want to play these games, or it'll just run at something. Compared to how the you know the pro has different options for how you want to run the game, right? Gotcha. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I will go around the horn. One last question out of ten: How would you grade the showcase? Three sixty. <laughs> <laughs> that's a high bar. Uh, Andy, what grade do you give it? Uh, I'd, I'd probably give it a six. All right, Mike. Same. Damn it! You gave it a three, and then Matt gave it a zero. <laughs> that <been> perfect. <laughs> oh wait, no, I say a three. I'm sorry, I meant, I meant half a six. Uh, Matt, where you at? Yeah, I, I'd give it a six too. If I'm being really generous, I'd give it a seven. The devil's number. <laughs> I feel like I'm lowballing. I'm, I'm I'm in the four point five ish range. Okay. There was just like. I, so I it's only one point better than Catwoman. Yeah, uh, was Catwoman four? Catwoman got a three point like four. <laughs> then yes, yes it was. Yeah, I, I disagree I entirely. This was more than a point better than Catwoman. <laughs> there, there wasn't, there wasn't much. Again, there wasn't much in the show that really jumped out at me. The one thing I got excited about was the one thing I knew they were going to talk about. Not as many surprises as I wanted. Anything that they talked about, again, didn't really appeal to me as much as I would have liked. Which, I mean, I gotta give it to them. I feel like they they have a wide variety of stuff. I think maybe more of a variety than what PlayStation is showing, um, but it's still just not stuff that's really in my wheelhouse that I would venture and really go out of my way to try to play. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, any final words for Xbox Showcase? So we're closing it down. Nothing. Do we know when the next anything is coming from? Have they announced the date on? another information panel of some sort. Um, between the two, like Microsoft and Sony, no, I don't think so. At least not that I know of. Okay. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something every month, month and a half from here until launch because we still there's still a lot of details we don't know. Price. Yeah, price, release date, release other features date. of the consoles that I'm sure they haven't talked about yet. I mean, the only thing I know yeah. coming up, it's not exclusive, but Gamescom is the end of August, so... Oh, uh, true, that could be, yeah, that could be something I would, some I stuff. would yeah, think we have prices by the end of August. Yeah. Because other... You can't pre-order then with no price. Right. Yeah, we... We need prices soon. 
All right. Well, we'll talk about that whenever we get there. And yeah. I think that's it for this one. So if you've enjoyed the show, please uh, support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, give us a share on social media. You can follow or subscribe to keep up with the show. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, uh, Stitcher, hopefully anywhere podcasts are, you can find us. Um, as always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy and his Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that good stuff there. You can uh, send us an email, which I won't read, at uh, friends at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us on Twitter at BGSuperFriends. And on behalf of Andy, Ian, Mike, Matt, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Love you, Simple Nation.